So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of ATL on Fire. It's Friday night here, and I am joined by Dave and Carmen, who are proving there's nothing good to do on Friday night when you're in your late 40s, <laughs> other than come and podcast for you at like United Fans. Wait a second. <laughs> I can't even counter that, so. Right? Yeah. I can. <laughs> but regardless, it's Friday night, 4th of July weekend. Uh, happy America, everyone. Dave, you have brought a wine. It's not a U.S.-based wine. What are we drinking? Chilean. Chilean. Santa Emma Cabernet Sauvignon mm. from my favorite wine region in Chile, the Maipo Valley. Mm, delicious. Oh, Mikey, like It's you. actually interesting. The The classic grape of Chile is the Carmenere, um, but I kind of like their Cabernets better. Just personal. This has a lot going on on like the start, the middle, and the end. I don't know, Carmen. What are you? What are you judging? What are you judging on the wait, wine? Wait, wait, wait. Let me guess. Complex. Complex. It's just good. It's, it's just good. Oh, you have something good. different. Yeah. All right. No, All right. I mean it's nice. very needed, is what it is. Oh, so. nice. Yes, I like it. Oh. And speaking of uh, spirits, uh, shout out to our sponsor, Wild Heaven Beer, who. Uh, I, I saw a sneak preview of a can that uh, Nick is going to do for the Women's World Cup. Oh, nice. It's got oh. like the, the kind of the Hall of Fame of uh, current soccer player, or I think retired soccer players wow. on the women's team. So I, we'll show what that is when uh, when it's going. I, I, if you show this, I think our voices are gone on the uh, oh, no. on the YouTube. Yeah. So. Okay, so I need to get rid of yeah. it. Yeah. I don't, I I don't know what happens if you just go to the, back to the top left. Um, and then hit play. Okay. I don't know why the the sound. We're back on on the oh. YouTube. Sorry, we're um, back, guys. Yeah, no. For whatever reason, I haven't figured out the audio issue on the sponsor thing. I need to go back mm-hmm. and test that. Been a the long sponsor week. Sponsor dominates us. Yeah. Now there's the ticker. Look at that. <laughs> Put the ticker. On. Uh, but no, really cool beer can. I have to say that uh, last night I was drinking Wild Heaven beer, um, more than more than one. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> I hadn't so. I, I mean, let's go Fourth of July week. Woo. Let's come on. You guys have any big plans? I this what? What do you? What does it look like? I mean, <laughs> ATL on fire. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, no zero. I think zero plans here. Just try to find food, barbecue. You've somewhere. been at soccer all weekend, yeah. right? You're welcome all to week. come to my house, Carmen. We're gonna barbecue. It's gonna oh, be great. I might show up the cats, catsberries. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, catsberries. But uh, yeah, long week of soccer in Greensboro. Yeah, watched my kids sit the bench the whole time, but it was fun to watch. It was good soccer. I good. didn't have to be nervous since my kid went playing, so it was fine. Nice. Yeah, Dave. Burgers, hot dogs, green egg. I can do better. Yeah? <laughs> I'm thinking about a pork butt. I don't know. Right. I'm That's awesome. Yeah, you can do better. Mikey Dows can do better, too. Yeah. And then we can have a better off. So <laughs> we've got two games we haven't talked about. Uh, yeah. The first one I went to, uh, it was the NYCFC game where we drew 2-2. We had a lot of... Uh, our starters out, but still kind of a disappointing draw. We kind of predicted that 
uh, assuming the we dreaded were, international duty. We weren't going to have our starters, but disappointing nonetheless. But it was great yet again to get a last minute goal as we walked out of the bends. Um, and then we got embarrassed by New York Red Bulls uh, up in New Jersey. And we'll talk about it all. And uh, before we do that, why don't we talk about um, the U.S. men's national team, a little U.S. soccer. We got the Women's World Cup coming up. Yes. Uh, all sorts Excited of stuff. Excited about that. So what do you what do you Carmen, want? do you know what day that's starting? It's 20. I do not. Something. Yeah. July I'll 20 take, something. It's in like a couple weeks. Yeah. You know what else is starting in a couple weeks? League's Cup. The League's Cup. Uh-huh. Yeah. League's Cup. I believe the League's Cup starts uh, July 21st, and I think that is going to be uh, Lionel Messi's debut against Cruz Azul. So yep. we'll talk a little bit about that. Right. Tell, tell us about the Nations League. Did you watch any of the U.S. games during that? Yes. Yes, I did. What did you think of the, the performance with uh, B.J. Callahan as the uh, coach? We look now? good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have to say Mexico was absolutely atrocious. Ugh. I mean, not only did they play terribly and lose, but they just lost their minds. Um, yeah. And they got really ugly for for no reason i mean it was it was a very poor showing i mean at the end i mean not even counting the the homophobic chant that ended the game but but all the i mean it was just blatant stupid stuff yeah, and really to does. be honest i thought actually the americans were hard done by yes a couple of retaliations maybe they should have been sent off i thought at least one other mexican player should have been sent off i think so. i mean yeah, it, they, it was ugly the referee i don't know is it um, Venezuelan is from a he lost central, complete yeah, lost, control of the game, yeah. lost control of it, and yeah, it didn't seem like the two two and two red card was a fair result, especially like Dest. Obviously, you had to give him a red card, but like yep. I was like, if somebody's doing that to me, Dest did the right thing and jacked him. I was like, that's what I would have done too, <laughs> because that's all you can do when somebody, you know, sorry. Now the interesting <laughs> they're like, thing oh, was- he should hold his cool there. I don't know. I I liked it. The interesting thing was that partly they were defending Ballo, right? The new strikers. So good yeah. for, good on them for building him yeah. into the squad right away. We got you back. Uh, so I like that. As yeah. a coach, you have to be like, you don't want your players retaliating and being stupid because you're like, look, we could have been a man up or whatever. But um, protecting the new striker who just joined the team. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the way to get If you have to do he it, He seems to like to it, too. It. He seems to like the, uh, the, the team vibe. And so. what did you think of his play? Oh, he's fabulous, and he's not—he's just getting started. Like we, nobody really knows his runs yet. There's no chemistry really built yet, but he obviously uh, is is in the mix, which is great. He's the anti Barry. Yes. He, he moved a lot. <laughs> he was quick. He was physical. <laughs> Every I thought he—I mean, two gains, whatever. But I don't want to overhype, but. Uh, I you know obviously hadn't seen him very much in the French league. I don't watch the French league people, but um, I thought he looked great in the um, you know got his first goal. But not just that, you know, I didn't care whether he was going to score or not. But I just liked them. There was a lot of movement. There was pace. Yeah. There was physicality, and the goal he took was terrific. Yeah, that was against mm-hmm. Canada, right? And was that hit the, yeah in the, the final? That was the second or first goal in the game. Second, I believe. Second, I think. It's I the think. Second. Yeah. yeah, it was good to see him break the ice with that. Um, that always helps. And yeah, what, what, any, any highlights in the Canada game that stick out to you? I just thought we were great as a team. Carmen, you got something? Not really. They were fun to watch. 
were yeah, amazing. they were very fun to watch. Yeah, I agree. yeah. Okay, so then we move. It's a good team. Yeah, I mean, it's a really, really good team. But now our B team goes into the Gold Cup. Huh. We play the Jamaica Boys, um, and end up. Wait, get- you're not going to have us go in depth about the St. Kitts match? No, we'll get there. That was the second match. <laughs> so we first played Jamaica. <laughs> I know. We got a one-one draw, and I believe yeah. our guy. Uh, Vasquez gets Red the Vasquez. tying goal, right? There you go. It was Came nice. on as a sub and got the goal. Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati now, but uh, old Atlanta United That's right. favorite. Um, and they got a huge bid for him for a transfer from Europe, and they turned it down. Yeah. Oh, really? And, you know, I, I bring that up because, you know, we may talk about the silly season, you know, here in Atlanta United, the, the transfer group. And I keep saying... As an MLS team, I know we have a summer league, and it's weird. So our transfer window opens up um, right now. This is when we're losing our Ujo, technically. <laughs> we lost him a long time ago in reality. Um, but, you know, the thing that you cannot do because of European clubs or whatever, um, the timing of it, you cannot, in the middle of a playoff fight, in the middle of a you know competitive team, you can't ship your best players off. And um, they got rid of one of their best strikers in the offseason. Fair enough. That's what yeah. you do. You're selling club, you know, Cincinnati, whatever. And they're left with him as their best striker. And they were like, no, we're a first-place team. We can't say to the fans, oh, yeah, we're a first-place team, but, you know, yeah, we're going to let them go. And apparently he was a little bit upset about it. But uh, honestly, I would have, as I said about, you know, same thing about Almada, I would have said, look, we will transfer. We will make the deal. You can leave it the day after the season, after we're eliminated or whatever. But I refuse to denigrate my team and my fans by selling our best player in the middle of a title race. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So speaking of silly season and the, the transfers, I heard a couple today. Didn't uh, Timothy Weah go somewhere? Uh, was it, is it actually official? I, well, the rumor was so, that he was going to Juventus. Yes, sounds like he's going to Juventus. And I that, don't know if it's official th- yet. Then the other rumor is uh, Christian Pulisic to AC Milan. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, any other ones out there for the U.S. men's national team? Um, yes. What's, what's happened to Ar- Aronson? Tyler and Adams was Adams. offered um, one of the Premier League. Aston Villa, I think. I think that's right. Made a bid for Tyler that's Adams. A, that's a good fit. Yeah. What was Aronson? They had something for... They, you know, since they got the new coach, um, the Spanish coach, name just went right in my head, who used to coach um, Sevilla or Villarreal. He's really great. And um, he took over for um, Gerard, and um, they really did well under him the second half of the season. Now, second half of the season, not everything, but this is his second... Emery is the coach's name. Um, Unai Emery and this is his second stint in the Premier League and he bombed out went back to Spain was awesome in Spain came here Arsenal bombed out went back to Spain did awesome in Spain again and came again and the second time now Aston Villa for real so good start for him okay so I think that's a club if I'm an Aston Villa fan uh, I gotta be thinking optimism where's Weston McKinney going it's unclear. He, I mean, he's still technically a Juventus player. Right. So they said they would only accept, I heard it was like a $10 million bid. I mean, it's kind of a little bit crazy with 
some of the numbers that you hear in relation yeah. to, you know, um, some American players are definitely undervalued. Some are overvalued, like Pulisic. You know, is he really eighty million? And maybe not. Is Weston McKinney only ten million? I'm yeah. not sure about right. that either. Right. That's a bargain buy. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I agree. Uh, and what about Atlanta United? Have you heard this rumor? I heard a rumor from you that, <laughs> and no, I, I watched the uh, pregame uh, conference with uh, Pineda before, so I have a little bit of homework done. And he was asked about C, uh, uh, Santiago Sosa's uh, rumored trade. So he, he brushed it off as if he didn't know. Um, but yeah, certainly his body language showed that he knew. So sounds like he's on the way out. Um, yeah, I think he's gone, um, sadly, because I think he's great. Um, and it's for Tristan Muyamba. Okay, who's that? Huh. This is so apparently Atlanta United has made a bid for Tristan Luyamba. Um, he plays for EA Guingamp. I don't even know. It's a French team, mm. I believe. Interesting. Um, there's nothing about him. In Ligoon or? <laughs> yeah, I think so. You could look it up, okay. uh, Carmen. It's G-U-I-N-G-A-M-P. Guingamp is the club. Um, I've never heard of him. I've never heard of the team, which is shocking. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the footage of him, he's 26 years old. Hey, They've uh, struck a deal, it looks like. He's in Division 2, though. Oh, it's Division 2? Okay. Yeah. That's why I haven't heard of it. Yeah. I'm like, what? Um, yeah. He's not a designated player. Player, I wouldn't think. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Nobody think. heard of him, but you know, yeah. I don't. And, know. and again, that's such, I know nothing about him. That's really. such an important position that we keep talking about. Right. That in the MLS, you you really need, and so, you know, I assume they're keeping Ibarra. Well, the worry is that you know, so he plays the position that we really, really need. So he plays sort of defensive or or box to box midfielder. So the rumor, you know, so that the worry is that that's the guy. Yeah. We're not going to get a designated player. So if you bring in that guy, even if he's good, you lose Sosa. Right. Yeah. Is that, have we upgraded our team? I don't think so. We shall see, though. I was about to say, we don't really know. Yeah, we really don't know. Yeah, and we, not, to be fair, we, nobody knows anything <laughs> nobody about knows. him. Anybody who says so is probably kidding us. Yeah. But um, So I went back, actually, and I was looking at some of our preseason predictions. Oh, yeah? How did we do? You know, I was trying to find, <laughs> to be honest, people, podcast listeners, um, I went back to try to find all the things that we thought we were really, really smart and we, we all look really, really dumb. And I couldn't find it. And I mean that honestly. Like, uh, like I really wanted to be like, okay, let's let's hold ourselves accountable. Yeah. Right? Um, and we didn't, you know, we I didn't find anything that was even remotely egregious. One of the things that we talked a lot about was center of the park and how um, Abara, Josetu, um, Sadich, Sosa wasn't good enough. Right. And <laughs> I think that's true. That's yeah. the, that's that's reality. A what lot do you of, think? A lot, yeah, a lot of Carmen, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people pointed out our midfield just has yet to have any sort of structure um, that, that's working. Yeah, especially with the talent we have. Yeah, just yeah. up the middle, like 
Katz was saying, it hasn't not looked good. And that, yeah. I mean, all the commentators, it seems like when you're watch a game, have commented on it. So. We're getting run over in the midfield. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't understand why he refuses to put the both players in at the same time, Sosa and Ibarra, but right. Sadich, you know, one thing is interesting in the first game, maybe we'll talk about it, when Almada wasn't there, Sadich started moving. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Sadich is actually moving, and I'm like, maybe he's purposely not moving to free Almada. Could that be tactical? I would think so to some degree. That it he's- could be, but it's so weird. I'm like, you know, Two players can move at the same time. Like in Man City, yeah. like nine players move at the same time. What? That works out well for them, yeah. right? Uh, it was so weird. I was like, um, yeah. So uh, what were some of the things that you, you went in your checklist of what we predicted um, outside of the midfield? What else? Well, I you get a lot of credit because you said that I, I, you didn't actually say it this way. I'm using my own words, but you basically said that Araujo was the canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Right. That if things were not going to go well, Araujo would be the first to put his head down and pout, and and he would be gone. And um, I and I and kudos to him. I don't think he ever put his head down and pouted. I have a feeling he just had honest conversations with Pineda behind the door. That however, either that or he maybe he did like a silent quit because. It did sound like it became a little bit of a surprise to the club that he all of a sudden struck the deal with Flamengo and was out the door. Yeah. So maybe he just did it that way. I don't know. But um yeah, he didn't he didn't create a, a scene by any means. Yep. No. So we had a whole discussion about why did we buy Etienne? Because that was probably blocking Wiley. And when we really and this is where I pointed out we 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 had a whole thing that we really needed help for Ibarra, Sosa, Jose, two and Sadich in the middle. Yep. How does that That's, back up to stacks you? Up about <laughs> perfectly correct. Ding, 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 ding. And maybe just pause there because or I don't know if we'll get to the outside wingers. Do you have a point on the outside wingers? No, not particularly. Okay. Well, the the pregame press conference, um, I don't know if it was Joe Patrick or somebody from Dirty South was asking Pineda about his philosophy for our winger play. Mm-hmm. So I was like leaning in on this one. And one of the things that Pineda said is his preference is for uh, the forwards so Etienne and Araujo, like in his ideal world, is to have people playing in their natural foot, not inverted. That's total BS because he's the coach, right? If that's your preference, then do it. Switch it. I'm teeing you up here, Dave. Like, what the, what the hell is that? You cannot say as a coach, I have a preference for something and that's not actually occurring because you get the decision. So his... So it was, it was, <laughs> so Dave, it was, it was, somebody should put a straight jacket on this guy. Yeah. Pineda. Yeah. Pineda. Like what? Because in, in his, his reasoning behind it was that, but some players are des- designed to be inverted. I didn't, I didn't understand them. Like it was very confusing. Cause he's like to exactly to your point, if your preference is to play with non-inverted wingers, then play them that way. And it seemed like his his he was stuck on it because the only reason that I can think of at least on Pineda's behalf is that Araujo has a strong preference to play inverted. 
Do you think that's possible, Dave? It's possible, but can you imagine... Let's go with my favorite yeah. coach, Alex Ferguson. Could you imagine if somebody came to Alex Ferguson and said, you know, I really should only play on the right because that's my preference. Teeing you know what? You up again. You know what the hell he would say to him? I do. I mean, he'd get the hairdryer treatment. Right. Be up against the wall like, what the... You know, I mean, it's one thing to have a discussion and be like, you know, these are my strengths or whatever and tell the coach. But you don't tell the coach where you play. The coach tells you where you play. Which is why like, I, after the game that I went to against NYFC, it's the first time I've ever tweeted, fire Pineda. And, and watching that. <laughs> and it's I a little like, over aggressive. But. No, it's not. And, and <laughs> it, 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 actually, it actually is not. I finally am at that point now. All right. And in that interview, proved it to me. And I, wanted, I got to send you the link to it. Because oh, to your point, he's like, this is my preference. I like to play wing play with the natural... Why wouldn't you coach it that way then? You had the talent. You got Wiley. You've got even Etienne and Araujo and Wolf and all these guys that they're right, they're right footed. Plus, out of the he right. keeps talking about how you know with with Etienne as a right footer on the left coming in and Araujo coming in as a left footer on the right. That allows the overlap with Gutman and and and. Um, and Lennon, and that's the the airplanes and the overloading the side. And he even talks about how he wanted his center midfielder to play deeper to give room for Etienne to come in. It's so overthought. Like, here's this supposed to be this dynamic movement, but you're only allowed to go like the bubble yeah. hockey, you know, where you have the track. If you get off your track, yeah. Mikey Dobson, <laughs> you're in problem. I just couldn't believe it, Dave. Like, he was on the interview saying, this is my preference. And I'm like... Yeah, well, that's how you should. We agree. You should play them that way. He's heating up. He's on fire. He is the coach, right, Dave? Supposedly. <laughs> Maybe he's not. Do you? I mean, yeah, what's happening? What the hell? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you can imagine he gets fired and he's like, well, you know, if only they would have let me not play the wingers inverted, then then, then I what? Yes, who is this day you speak I of? was... It's I, one thing because coaches often employ this tactic, like when they're in trouble or whatever, they say, well, they haven't given me all the players I want. There's always an excuse to that, whatever. But you cannot, as a coach, use an excuse that the tactics are wrong because you're in charge of the tactics. <laughs> Like, what the? I mean, that is literally, I mean, ludicrous world. I mean, abs, I'm flabbergasted by that. Yeah, I, I can't wait to show it to you after this podcast. We'll, we'll bring it up on the I'm TV. I'm speechless. You should be. I'm absolutely speechless. So wait, so do you think it's strong to be like Fire Pineda? You said there's those strong. Yeah, yes. I, yeah, I he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't. But so, so to, to be honest, do I think Pineda should be fired? Um, honestly, yes. Like I think, I think he's shown he just doesn't have it. And but you said, but you said that before the season started. Yes, but I don't think I don't think I would fire him because I do. As I said all along, you cannot fire, in my opinion, unless you have somebody better. That's well, that go. one. But also, I don't think you can fire a guy who's in the playoff position now in, during the season. Now you can you can half the league is in the playoff position. I know, if but not you more. can fire a guy who makes the playoffs in MLS. 
right? Because MLS, there are nine teams make the playoffs. If you are Atlanta United, you make ninth, you make the playoffs. I don't buy this excuse. We're a playoff team. You can't fire the coach. That's not true at all. But I think the guy has a right to, if he's still in a playoff position, has a right to keep going and see how he can do. Now, that being said, so and I don't think it's a good precedent to set to fire a guy um, in, in the middle of that. Now, I argue that they should have hired Tata because he wanted to come back. And if you have a chance to make a move, a positive move, then sometimes you got to jump at it. Right. Right. And I think that would be a really no-brainer positive move. Because when you make a move mid-season like that and fire a coach who's in a playoff position, it can really backfire on you if the team goes south. But if you hire like a Tata, then there's such a precedent that he's already won the title here and he's already beloved by the fans. So even if Tata were to come back and not do well, I think no coach would look at that and be like, I ain't going there anymore because they just betrayed their coach. They brought back the hero, yeah. right. right? So I wouldn't have looked at that. But other than something, ex ex uh, you know, extenuating circumstances like that, I don't think you fire a coach who's in a playoff spot. You give them a chance to see what they're going to do. Now, you can say he underperformed either. Honestly, even if you get in the playoffs and make a super run, you know, let's say we get ninth and we make it all the way to the semifinals, mm -hmm. I could still fire that because I'm like, look, with our team, you finished ninth. I mean, unless there was like, you know, injuries and all the guys came back or something. But I think you have to see that if there's a playoff spot, you have to let it go. Yeah, I think everybody on Twitter uh, thought half the people thought, you know, being drastic. Uh, but I think what really set me off, though, is because I was at the game yeah. and I watched yet again Miguel Berry starting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is what really set me off. Yes. You, again, you, you, playing a player is a tactical decision. Yep. Okay. And the fact that he feels like he's got no more ideas. Okay. He says, so he's got no more ideas on what's better. Or he doesn't think anyone's better that somebody who's a forward can't play a striker or he can't change the formation up front to allow for people with different talent to be set up to score goals or even worse, which I think is the case that he believes that Barry's still going to crack through and get, you know, get cooking. I think, it has to be the latter. There's a lot of people who still believe that. If you look at Twitter, and I'm like, really? Yeah. What, what are you watching? I mean, what is it that says that he's going to do it? He doesn't get shots off. He doesn't move. He doesn't participate in the game. All I did during the NYCFC game is watch him. Okay. And you know what he did, Dave? Uh -oh. Nothing. The same thing that you observed. He was. <laughs> Going in circles, and I couldn't believe it. You know, I, 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 I'm just so pissed. I mean, the way that he pressured back, like you watch Yakimaki's come in, and he tracks back and tries to get the ball and disrupts it, and then gets back in a position to try yeah. to break the line. Yeah. I'm like, I, my, I, what really pisses me off. This is why I think Pineda should be fired. Is it? Is anyone watching? Is anyone watching? Where like, there's got to be a 22 year old kid out there who deserves to play in the MLS. And that was where my mind was. There is. I was like, in my prime, like it, I would have at least done something more exciting okay. than what, what the hell was going on. So I want to say two things. So one is that there is. <laughs> so our Atlanta United 2s have Firmino. And to be honest, Atlanta United 2s don't have a great record. Conway did pretty well he there. He looked fabulous for the 
few minutes I saw but him play. Ka- but Firmino is actually leading the league in scoring, the USL, yeah. and he's right now a candidate for MVP. So that actually says, okay, I give him a shot. Dude, I saw him on the field for five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that. And he scored. I want some of that. That helped. And he scored. But even before that, I yeah. was like, you could see his presence on the field, man. It's it's the eyeball test. And yeah. Now, I'm not going to say I he's passed the eyeball test for me because he only played like seven Right, right, minutes, yeah. But, but, you know, I I give him a shot. Right. For no, sure, I, why not? Yeah. I, I agree. He passed the eyeball test in terms of an upgrade grade over Barry immediately. Is okay. all I'm saying. And now my second point is, so people out there might be screaming, all right, well, if you don't start Barry with the players who are available, what moves that you would make? And I anticipated that. I actually said to myself, okay, if I'm going to, I have the same note as you as how could we freaking start Barry? And this is totally independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but, and then I said, oh, I'm not going to go on the podcast and say that unless I feel like I have a different lineup that I would change. So you yeah. want to hear what I would have yeah, done? Because a lot of people on Twitter, you know, we, we brought up the names Chol, Wolf. Yeah, Chol was not even, available. Even like for, for Mino, um, yeah. uh, who else um, is, is a possibility up front? Um, but well, I can tell you. Yeah, but so Cho was not available. He's on international duty. Right. Firmino had not debuted yet, so I don't think right. you know. I, obviously, obviously, that would have been a better move. They knew he was good, though. Yeah. They, but it would be hard to come. To be fair, to bring him up and start him in this match might have been, you know, whatever. But here's the, you know, um, um, well, they have you have Cho as being available. I thought yeah, he was Cho not was available. available. Yeah, he was available in that game. And he came on, and he looked no. strong. He looked positive okay. as soon as he came on at whatever minute. Uh, I thought he was on international summary. Anyway, but it doesn't matter. Um, so what I would have said is an obvious thing to do, even if you don't. I would have put Chol over Barry, but even the people are like, oh, I don't like Chol either. Why not this? Why not Hernandez come in it right back? I said that from the very beginning. I, was, I saw Hernandez on the sub list. I'm like, yeah. in a game like that, Dave, why was Hernandez not starting? That was my yeah. first observation outside of Barry, right? After- <laughs> <laughs> Those were the two big things that drove me nuts. It's like, Barry needs to be off the field and in MLS next, and Ronald Hernandez needed to be starting in that game. Yeah, so if you start Ronald Hernandez, then you move Lennon out wide right. Yeah, exactly. And then... Tyler Wolf could have played as a false nine striker. Sure. And that would have been better. Yeah. Somebody who simple. obviously knows how to get into dangerous spaces. He's moving. He's dangerous. He's he can finish. Well, he had two sitters in that game. He, yeah. He, fell. <laughs> but, he like sat on the ball. But how no, he do I, that? To be, right, to, but he scored. Yeah. He has yeah. scored he goals. Did, to, yeah. to be fair, I've done that move that he did where like <laughs> he come know. charging Everyone in. Has. And you Everyone go has. and it like it ends up like going off your back heel. You're like, what happened? But I yeah. don't think I've done that. Oh, please. Well, that's because you're a defender, man. No, I was <laughs> never scored in your life. In college. <laughs> you never scored ever. I'm still on the top 10 leading scorers in my college. Mikey Dobbs as a midfielder. All right. Sure. All right. So I I, I I might be eleven now. I I I agree though. I was for a while. Too. Wolf as a as a false nine or put him up up at the nine. Yeah, yeah. and it just there's just so many smarter things to do. 
Yeah. Especially so now that we're talking about that game, you want to keep talking about NY, NYC? Yeah, sure. I, I was there and just trying to enjoy the match, but it was it was kind of tough. Okay, so I'll take the lead then. Okay, so the first goal uh, that we gave up. Turnover, ball out wide, dribbles right in on Gootman, yeah. shoots it. What you think? I think it's the same problem of having our fullbacks pinched in that why wouldn't and the reason that you saw Gutman just retreat and eventually get beat on a little, you know, curler to the far post mm-hmm. is because it was again the pinching mentality. It just so happened it didn't get played out wide to the guy. But if he had just gone out aggressive and gotten beaten and then had our center back try to step up, like I would have rather had that all happen earlier. He just kept retreating. Am, yeah. I, am I envisioning that wrong? No, you got it completely wrong. I'm impressed how much you remember. That, yeah, because I had that's a lot exactly. of red wine during that game. I'm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not surprisingly. Okay, so then Tyler Wolf scores on a, a very cute angle, puts it through the goalkeeper's yep. legs. What do you think about that goal? It was a nice goal. Um, you know. A bit optim- opportunistic, it yeah, but, felt to yeah. him. But, but that's, you know. That's his a, thing. A, again, you know, shot on goal. That's what I, I mean, put it on the frame. He ripped it. Kind of did it clank underneath the uh, goalkeeper's legs, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it went right through his legs. Yeah. Yep. So, loved it. First, <laughs> first sub, he brought off Wiley as opposed to Barry. How do you feel about that? Not good, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's 1-1. One, one. Yeah. Got a way to go for the win. Take off any chance of scoring. Yeah, we have yep. only one good, fast, creative <laughs> player left on the field. Let's take him out. But leave Barry. Uh, second goal that we gave up when we went down two to one. Um, it was uh, um, a horrible giveaway from Fortune in the middle of the field. There was sort of a spinning ball played to him. He kind of mishit it. Okay. They played a ball right in. Um, on um, Abrams' guy, I think. And then um, he came in and shot it and scored. Any thoughts about that? I don't remember that one too well. So I don't know. I don't have too many thoughts. It went right through Guzan's legs. Yeah. I'm going to get to this in a minute because I want to talk about it after the second game because we're going to talk about another example and we're going to yeah. go back to our preseason prediction. We're going to talk a little bit about Guzan, but yeah. I, I'm going to... That's a foreshadowing, people. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Um, don't let me forget <laughs> to get back there. Um, okay. And then, obviously, a super great, very late equalizer, yeah. right? Lennon with a nice chip cross. It wasn't yeah. that great because it's kind of lofted, but Firmino right in the middle, unmarked. It's completely But he unmarked. did a beautiful job. Scored. Yeah, got up. What do you think about that? It was good. You know, he did the classic get head the ball down. Straight head down. Head the ball down. What yeah. was not, like, the most perfect header, right? Because it didn't look that pretty, but... That's how you score. You head the ball down. Okay. So I like it. And he, in Firmino, like I said, when he was in there for the seven minutes that he was in there, uh, just creating a little bit of havoc, which, and he's, he looked like a big guy. What's his, what's his specs? Firmino? I don't think he's that tall. Because his presence in the field seemed big. I don't know. He looked pretty average to me. I'm going to go with 5'10". Really? Yeah. I'd be shocked. 5'11". He didn't look six foot to me, oh. that's for sure. He seems to have confidence if somebody's taller. That's all I know. <laughs> he's 22 years old. Yeah. He's oh, Brazilian. Yeah. 5'11". Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
That's just my view. From so that. maybe that's the problem. He's not tall. Yes, enough. that's the Pineda problem. <laughs> you know, Sergio Aguero can't score either. Yeah. I mean, okay. <laughs> Let's not. Okay, so, so I have a play that I want you to comment on, which I don't think you are aware of in the stadium because okay. you couldn't have been aware of it. All right. Right? So it was a really good counter for Atlanta United. This was when the game was 1-1 in the second half. Lennon is down the right, and he clips in a beautiful ball to Barry, who doesn't head it. Do you know what happened on that play? First, I'll ask you. Then I'll tell you what happened, and then you're going to lose your mind. I don't recall. So Barry was in a perfect position inside the six-yard box to head it. At the last second, he chose not to head it. Uh-huh. The defender called him off. Like, it's my ball, leave it. You know, that trick right. that we whatever. And that. he went for it. <laughs> I remember He that. was about to head a ball into an open goal, and he left it for what he thought was his, his teammate, and it was the defender. Amazing. What minute? Well, we have to go back and watch it on the Apple TV. Yeah. Are you kidding it. me? They were talking about it yeah. on the, on the, oh, on the, exactly. on the, they were like, I think he just got called off by the defender. How oh, embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that is embarrassing, but not surprising at the same time. It's not surprising. Ugh. Like I said, that guy does not have any sort of Nothing. grit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So NYFC scores two goals on three shots with an expected goal number of, you want to guess? Like, I don't even know. Not good, though. It's not a good stat. Carmen, you want to guess? Obviously, with three shots on goal. Yeah. Low, whatever it was. It was <laughs> 0.7. Yeah. So they scored two goals two on goals. an expected goal of 0.7. That's impressive. Yeah. <sighs> it's hard to do, Mikey Dobbs. God bless. You're expecting to give up three well, quarters of a goal and you give up two goals. If Josh Wolf had, <laughs> Josh Wolf had finished the sitter, okay, and uh, and there was another or not Josh Wolf I love Ty, Tyler Josh. Tyler Wolf uh, <laughs> had finished the sitter yep. and there was another ball that got crossed him on the far side and he had all day and he he ripped it but yep. should have finished it to be fair yeah Tyler Wolf has to score that <laughs> right he sat on the ball or whatever the hell he did yeah. you know the one I'm uh, no I'm not talking about the cross oh. one there was another one that was but we should only talk about the cross one because he was in on goal <laughs> maybe but the one that was far uh, post is a pretty I got, reasonable I, I'm shot not, too. I, you know he scored a nice goal yeah right and, you know but it shows that at he, least he scored <laughs> he at least he knows where to be in the box yeah and he was moving That's perfectly true. and he's gonna score that yeah, he's yeah. nine point nine times right. out of ten. You're right. He oh. was moving. Yeah, which is oh, I got no, I'm not criticizing him. I, I mean, yeah. yes, I am because he don't sit on the ball. But yes. you know, he's a, looks great. He continues yeah. to look good. I agree. So, all right, hallelujah. Now, <laughs> Dave, what do you think about us leaving that game with one point? I don't really with, with no well, inter- international with all the international players yeah. out. Um, I, again, feel like we get the three points with Ronald Hernandez starting and a better option up front. That's the difference in that game. New York City FC is a woeful team because they lost all their better players and they, they're not good. <clears throat> Maybe Carmen can tell us where they are on the table now, but it's not good. But um, the um, I think that, um, you know, so going into that <clears throat> game, you think that we got to get a win. 
But with all the, the internationals gone, you know, I don't really have a huge problem with that tie. My problem is not necessarily... People are like, oh, we won seven games in a row and blah, blah, blah. My problem... We didn't. We just didn't lose seven games. In yeah. A row. My problem is not necessarily with any one result. But my problem is consistently, right, getting a tie when we should get a win at home, not being able to win at all on the road ever. You know what my bigger problem is than any of that? Yeah. It's been, like, and I still can't recall a game where I'm really proud of this team. Mm. Yeah. We had one. I feel like we Which one was that? Like the Portland game where we won four nothing? Is that the one you're gonna talk about? Mm-hmm. That's we probably did, the one I was. We say. did not look good. Look, we, we didn't look we as good. We talked as you about think you that. Yep. Yeah, I agree. You're right. We I was really worried for it. And Portland huge is a woeful team in yeah. the Western and Conference. Remember, and we were at home. It was like one nothing until like the sixty six. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 That was a dicey game, man. The best we've looked all season was our one away win at Charlotte. Charlotte. That, right. was, that yeah. was the only time we looked right. really, That's really good. That would have been the only kind of like, hey. Feel like- I mean, the one thing you got to say, mm. which yeah. I think is, there's and there's two ways to look at it, right? So you say, look, we a number of times have rescued a point with a very, very late goal. And you could say, all right, that shows that we're resilient. To me, I don't think it does. I think it shows that we were the better team the whole time. We should have been up, and we just happened to bail ourselves out. Right. Um, what do you think? What's your opinion? Is it the late goal? Is it because we have resiliency and it was really good? Or is it because we're playing a crap team, we should have been winning all along, and we just bailed ourselves out? Yeah, the latter. We just bailed okay. ourselves Definitely out. The I agree latter. with you. Yeah. Definitely yeah. the latter. And you can see it. You know, how do you just distinguish between those two? You can see it because we never went on the road, yeah. right? So, yeah, our fans were cheering. And, you know, you got players who were playing in front of their home fans, like Firmino, who's just coming up from the twos. There's a lot of energy at home. Like, yeah, he bailed us out. Like, and, yeah. you know. It makes it feel a little better, but then you think about it and you're like, this was just crap. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, yeah, yeah, you feel better coming out of the result. And, and that's why I feel yeah. like... There's a lot of games where people are like, well, you really, you know, on Twitter, people are like, that's a decent result with all those people gone. And I'm like, I don't disagree with that. But I, what I disagree with is why people think we're still okay when we continuously don't get results that we should. Yeah, right? well, I, I'm not okay with it because yeah. I don't think it was our best team to start that game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it was kind of predictable. We kind of said that that would probably be it. With that's the- exactly what y'all said. Yeah, y'all called an ugly draw, and that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yep. And my favorite part of all games is usually when Mikey Dobbs is texting during the game, and this is one of my favorites. <laughs> all right, let's hear it. Yeah, it let's was, hear. Okay, so Kat says, didn't we call a horrible draw? Mikey Dobbs, yep. If Mikey Dobbs, if Pineda doesn't deserve to get fired now, I have no clue what it will take. Worse than the United game in terms of obvious ability to win a game that was just put into the crap can. He didn't say crap, but crap can. Grr, grr, grr. Yes, I'm losing my mind. Yes. He's heating up. That's what I said. Even the Mikey Dobbs of two weeks ago is on fire. Still on fire. I like it. Still so Yeah, Ronald Hernandez and the fact that that wasn't starting and Barry up front is really what set me off. It just... I agree. I mean, you can't start Barry anymore. No. I mean, anybody who is a legitimate coach would have realized 
Not even remotely an MLS player. Not even close. I mean, I don't, you know, I've said sometimes that there's some players who we probably should drop. I don't think I've ever said there's a player who's not even close to MLS quality. Right. I mean, he's not even close. All right. We've ragged on Barry enough. Okay. We're, I think we're going to see him again. On to, <laughs> on to, heavens no. On to, uh, what, Red Bulls? Red Bulls, sure. Let's go to Red Bulls. You want me to keep throwing it at you? Yeah, or? keep throwing it at me because I don't, I don't have a lot of notes in my head for the Red Bulls game except <laughs> okay. for just kind of taking the punishment Ugh. as it happened. First goal that we give up, an innocuous throw in from the side of our box. He throws it right over Gutman's head. The guy runs in, shoots, and scores. Do you have any thoughts? I have a thought that uh, Doug Roberson was asking again in the in the pregame matchup for this weekend. He said, hey, um, clearly that's a mental like Doug Roberson's bought into the fact that that's like the player not being sharp, not, not having the right urgency and saying that's just a individual error and there's nothing you can really do about it. That's all on Goodman. Is that correct? Is what I'm throwing it back to you. No, not at all. I mean, so yes, so yes, it's an individual error, right? But actually when you go back historically and look at things, I think it takes something like an average of three, errors to score any goal um something like that i can't i have mm-hmm. to look that up i could be right. getting that wrong but that it's not just a single error leads to a goal and that's what i would say about this yes gutman i don't know what the hell he was thinking it was easily thrown over his head it was a terrible error yeah. right but you cannot give up a goal every time you give up an error right so here's the problem so when you're a left back right when the ball is thrown over your head and you turn, what do you expect to see? Some help. You expect to see your left center back. Yeah. Right. right? So you think, oh, well, maybe he was preoccupied, right? So on that play, and maybe we should have pulled up the clip because you don't even have to watch the clip. You just pause it. Yeah. Right when the throw-in is thing. There are two attackers standing in the six-yard box right in the center of the field. Okay, one of them is being marked up completely by Lennon, who's all the way in the middle. Fine, good, he's marking the guy up, yep. right? The other one is being flanked. I mean, Lennon and Parata and Abram were three yards apart from each other, right in a row, right on the six-yard box with only two defenders. Yeah. So... Honest to God, right? Parada's got to say, I got him, and you go a little bit out there and help. Yeah. Right? Or at least be ready to help. Right. And, and Abram never moved. I mean, he never moved. The guy just came right in and had a free shot. So that's, that's mistake number two. Why do we have two guys holding hands or two center backs holding hands marking one guy? So is that just two individual mistakes or something tactical in there that's being trained that you're saying? <laughs> It has a. We think sticking. that it's something tactical because there's obviously we always have. That's the Pineda thing. We've always got the guys in the center. They always do that. But you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, center back's supposed to be in the center. But your point is, he didn't. He didn't see the. If you're a center left, he back, wasn't. A, he wasn't aware of the danger. He should have been in front of that guy, looking out there. And the moment that throw looks like it's coming out, he should have gone, and he could have easily won the ball. He yeah. could have just. He could have been first to that ball. Yeah. Right. 
It was not that hard. A, he didn't sense the danger, and he yeah. started out in a bad spot. Yeah. I mean, it and, was just terrible. And, and I don't know. You would assume Gutman did, wasn't clued into the ball being thrown as long as it's going to be. I, I haven't seen the It clip. wasn't a long throw. He was, just, he, Gutman was like cheating near like five yards from the sideline, and he yeah. just threw it, and Gutman was like, oh. Yeah. So it was terrible by Gutman. Oh, okay. There we I go. mean, it was awful. I'm not bailing Gutman out. Yeah. But then the shot... He's like five, maybe six yards off the touchline when he shoots it from. Guzan is standing near post. It's chest high, and he gets beaten near post. Mm. Wait, was he? So he was in. Was he inside the box? Or you say he was about to touch? But by the what? So he was coming from. He was out wide. Uh huh. But he was only about six yards off the touchline. So it was Got a it. very acute angle. Got it. Right. So it wasn't like he was in the middle where uh-huh. he could have shot far post. He right. just ripped and, it. And Guzan was in perfect position. And he hit it hard, but it yeah. wasn't like destroyed. Right. And it was literally chest high. As a goalkeeper, that's like the especially yeah. with Brad's big palm. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, so I want to go back to our preseason um, reflection. So we talked a lot about in the first two preseason games that Guzan gave up two horrible goals where he didn't seem to be moving right. He was late. He gave up rebounds because his hands weren't good. And we we talked a lot about how we were worried that he should have saved that, right? Um, One of the things that's interesting going through this season – is that um, Guzan hasn't given up go- like a ton of goals where you're like, oh, he absolutely should have saved. No howlers. But there is goal after goal after goal that are going very close to his body that he's not saving, which is interesting. And if you look at the stats, he has number one lowest save percentage in the MLS. Really? Guzan does. And he has given up the most goals uh, rel- relative to expected goals in the entire league. Wow. Mm. So I, the problem I have is you don't have a single moment where you can criticize him, but I'm noticing a lot of balls going right by him, and the numbers are saying that he should be saving more of those. So another interesting goalkeeping tidbit for Atlanta United said that Top prospect for Atlanta United, this guy Reyes, who plays right. for Atlanta United too, I guess was uh, transferred for a fee to Norwich, I believe. Right. And he's yeah. one of the guys that I was saying, I don't know who he is because I've never seen him play, but right. everybody on Twitter is saying, like, this guy should come in and get some starts, particularly when Brad went down right. earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Again, if this guy Yeah, we talked about it if, all in the preseason that... Okay, you know, nobody, we didn't know anything about him. We still don't know anything about him. But because we don't watch the twos enough, unfortunately, we don't have enough time. But um, he's supposed to be really good. Six foot four, quick. He's Chilean. Um, He's only like 21, 22. Good good enough for the Canaries to be like, hey. Well, not just that. They they made a bid for him after only watching him with the twos. So, right. That's a good point. So, to me, you know, what does that mean? Like, why they, they clearly didn't dangle the carrot for the ones. No, and they, didn't they give clearly, them- we talked about this in the preseason. We literally had a preseason conversation about this and say, why are you bringing Westberg and Diop to, you know, decent journeyman goalkeepers instead of this guy, 
right? Yeah. And what we said, we, we didn't have a problem with it, but what we said is that what that says is they don't think he's the guy at all. Because if you thought at all he was the guy, you would say, all right, he's the backup. Yeah. At minimum, you might only buy one of those guys and let him compete for the backup spot at least. But buying two journeyman MLS goalkeepers means that you don't have any faith whatsoever in his ability yeah. to play. And you got to figure Norwich's scouts may, might be decent. And everybody who watches the twos are raving about it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, That's what I was saying earlier. I was like, I don't know who this, like I said, I don't have time to watch the twos. I would love to watch the twos. Barely have enough time to watch the ones. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with that. Still do a podcast on them because that's what we do here. But why, why in the world? And now we lost him without ever seeing. And then all the Twitter thing is like, oh, well, good. Like good for him. It was maybe that's what the player wanted is to go to Europe. Of course you want it out because the, the club basically gave him the middle finger. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Totally. And that's fine if you don't think he's good enough. And then, But as a club, I worry that, you know, general manager, and, you know, and we can talk a lot. There's a lot of people criticizing Bocanegra and whatever. I feel like Bocanegra <laughs> has made some really, you know, good moves. I mean, you know, Papa Giorgio is a terrific player that he brought in out of nowhere, right? Almada, whatever. We've had some really good players, right? Um, So, you know, for any one bad player, like Barry, (laughs) there's always going to be a bust. Nobody goes 100%, right? But what I worry about is did they really take into consideration? I'm worried that I'm fine with it if the club says, look, our evaluation is that he was never going to make it. That's fine. But what I worry about is that the club was like, oh, he's young. We're going to give him time. We'll bring him along. And then they were stupid mm. because there was no reason to do, you know, he could have been at minimum the third. And to be honest with you, right? I tell you what, I think it's definitely the latter. And I feel like Pineda is so focused on the team that's right in front of him. He is not involved with trying to evaluate talent that's coming up from the twos. I, maybe I'm he wrong. He keeps saying that they are. Like, maybe he keeps I'm, saying that Firmino just deserved his shot. Fortune he's given his shot to yeah. now. And honestly, people are raving about, oh, Fortune was so good in the midfield. I haven't seen it. I, I've seen nothing from him okay. that, that says to me I would, that. I'll trust you on that. Because he's gotten some decent playing time recently. Yeah. He started two matches, right? Mm-hmm. So, I. Pineda, I, he just doesn't give me faith that he is tuned into what the talent uh, evaluation is, both from Bocanegra and from like Bocanegra ex- externally to see who like the next chess move is. Like, I don't think he's collaborating as much as he should be there. Mm-hmm. And with what's happening with the twos to figure out like, yeah, if it's not Diop, should it be Ray- this guy Reyes? I don't think he was in those in those conversations early enough because he's been here a while i don't know i, don't know. I just don't know I mean, but does uh, this get back to what we talked about that he's just not a good talent evaluator. evaluator yeah talent, talent evaluator, evaluator. well for he thought that rios novo was an mls goalkeeper so let's that just is, leave it right there okay. well he, and it was so obvious he was not an mls goalkeeper it's so obvious that i mean actually <laughs> i take back what i said 20 minutes ago because <laughs> i said it was the only you know barry's the only player i said was not an yeah. mls player rios <laughs> novo i said was as a goalkeeper so you know whatever but yeah he was not an mls player either yeah. And it's still not and will never be. Correct. 
And he's another example of just giving somebody way too many minutes before he makes a change. And Miguel Berry, sorry to bring him back up again, same <laughs> same issue. I agree. Okay. All right. What else happened in let's this Let's uh, move up game? on in the, the New York City, F, uh, sorry, in the Red Bull game. So on the second goal, Parata, they're playing out of the back. He gives it away horribly. Mm. I mean, it was just an awful decision. He was under no real pressure. He tried to flip a ball over a guy's head and play it, drop it into a guy who was right marked with three. Maybe Almada he was trying to I get I think it I to remember him. that now, yeah. Um, they played one pass. He tried to make up for it. They made a nice little combination, and they yeah. beat him on that. Um, it was clearly 90-something percent Parata's fault. But one of the things I noticed on that play, so, so what's interesting is the original formation on the play so Lennon and Gutman were not flying super up the field. They were not they were not all the way back, but they were just a little bit far, but they were both literally on the touchline. So and I have no problem with that. If we're building out of the back, that really yeah. spaces it. Right? But um maybe you could say that we should have a defensive midfielder in there. I still don't have a problem with that either. Like if Barra wasn't there, I don't expect a Barra to realize that Parata's gonna give it away horribly or whatever. The guy who looked really bad on that. Abram. Abram. As soon as Parata gave away the ball, Lennon came sprinting in like like a freight train, like, uh-oh. And Abram was just jogging a little bit, and then he was like, oh, yeah, Parata's still going to get it. And he's down. He's 3v1, but it's okay. And then when he got beat, then he took off, and he wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh. And you're like, dude. When you see your center back, your, your fellow center back give it away horribly, mm-hmm. you got to sense there's a danger and yeah. get in. Well, what that's like his uh, second start of the season. Yeah. So he has, that. to me, not looked great yeah. at all. That's what you said after his first, first or second start. You, yeah. you weren't impressed. I'm not impressed. Yeah. So. Doesn't, doesn't sound like Pineda is either in the pregame press conference. He was. He said he was like a cerebral player, but you could tell he was dancing around the fact that he didn't like Abram either. Um, mm. I, I definitely clued into that during the interview. Do you know who the lowest scoring team in the league was going into this game? <clears throat> I might have to guess Miami, but I don't know. I was going to guess the New York Red Bulls. Yes, the <laughs> New York really? Red Bulls. We oh. gave up four goals to the lowest scoring team in the league, Mike Dobbs. Boy, did my, no, Miles didn't play in that game. Yeah, no, so, Miles was yeah. on. He was first on yeah. Nations League. Oh, we had, it supposedly should be a decent back four, right? On paper, anyway, should be okay. It's not the, the best back four, but we've had our best back four all the time, and we've still, you know how, we are now tied for the, the most, most goals. goals given up in the league. Yeah. And for the most part of the season, we've had our complete starting back four. Goodman, Lennon, Parata, Miles. Ha- none of them, I don't think, maybe you guys can correct me wrong, I don't think a, they've missed a minute for injury or anything. They've been available it's every single game. Why I am so fired up about being Pineda out at this point is this far into the season... Like I said, there is no game that I am like proud of, and the Charlotte game might be the one that stands out. Where like that was acceptable soccer. I liked it, you know. I I, I just I can't see any sort of future 
whether we get whoever during this transfer window, if we even get like some rock star midfielder, maybe this guy from uh, League Two in, in France is great, it's not going to turn the tide. It's not going to change anything. No. I know it's not at this point. No. Uh, so if we just want, if you, if you just want to be tortured, people, then you stay on that Pineda bus. <laughs> You stay on it. So when are, when are we going to hold, I mean, regardless of whether we fire Pedin or not, whatever, uh, when are we going to hold him accountable for having the worst defense in the league? If you look at our four defenders, right? So Gutman and Lennon have both been considered potentially for U.S. national team, right? Now, neither of them are, I think they've been considered mostly for their attacking ability, and I have a problem with that. But they're legitimate outside backs miles robinson is certainly a top five back in the whole league right and parata is serviceable they've been available the whole time okay maybe we're totally missing the boat and we should you know we could be a middle of the table defensive team but how in the world are we the worst defensive team in the entire league how well when are we going to hold him accountable for that well, yeah, first off, it's, you know, again, Ronald Hernandez not getting me. He actually is a national national team starter for Venezuela. He starts. Yep. He's better than Brooks Lennon as a fullback, particularly defensively. I would say that he can hold his own going forward and doing what he needs to do to cross it. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to hold him accountable. It's just going to be until it's just dragged on so long. If you're out there, you know, please tweet at us or, you know, put a post if you're on the live. Um, what I want to know is how does anybody out there have any defense for if you look at our team on paper, how we are the worst defensive team in the league? Now, there is one argument that I could maybe make. You could say, look, we're getting completely overrun in the midfield and it doesn't matter how good your back four is. Honestly, even if you're getting overrun in the midfield, that still doesn't make you the worst defensive team in the league, right? Yeah. So that would make you worse than maybe your defenders not, are. Not with Sosa and Abara in there. Well, like, and that's another reason you're like, yeah. look, why are we getting run over in the middle? And that's you know another part of the tactics. But, um, and have we? Here's another thing I'm going to throw out to you, Carmen, and to you, Mikey Dobbs. What have we changed defensively? I'm drawing a blank. Um, since when? Since the beginning of the year. So if you're the coach oh. and you're looking at us and you're going and you get into the season and as you go along, right, yeah. you're like lower, lower, you're the, now the worst I, defensive I, team in the league. Wouldn't you change something? That's what I was say. I don't think we have changed I don't. Like maybe a degree or two there, here and there, but no, it is – Pretty much exacto to anytime there's an opportunity to have Lennon and Gutman as your backs and pinched in, that's what he's doing. And anytime there's a chance to have Miles My- and Parata in the back, he's doing it. And then I'll still say, even as part of the defense, you're never seeing Sosa and Abara ever together paired never. up. So it's either right. Sosa's off and it's Abara and some other combination or Sosa and some other combination. And so that has been very consistent all year. So not many ideas in terms of saying, hey, maybe I will give Ronald Hernandez a shot, Dave, and push Lennon up 
because we're going to get rid of Araujo and let, let him just be the attacker and let him cross over and let Firmino score. Like, if he can do that, great. We don't see any of that. No, we don't. Same old, same old. I got nothing. Okay. All right, and then the final goal, um, the one thing I'll point out, so the final goal that we gave up, um, the fourth goal. The third goal they scored was a really good one. I won't talk about that. They, they scored a decent goal on us. The fourth goal that we gave up, Almada gave it away cheaply. off of our, We had our own throw in deep in our own end. Yeah. We threw it in. Almada gave it away pretty cheaply. And then he just stood and watched. Okay? Mm-hmm. So here's my question to you all. Do we think, A, this is just a bad reflection on him that – you know, it's something he still has to add to his game as a chasing player. B, that he's tired. He's just run out of gas. You know, he's played in the World Cup. He played all these things or whatever. Nope. Or C, he's disinterested and his head has already gone from Atlanta United. I, I want to believe it's A. Um, it's easy to argue C just on philosophy. Uh, but I don't. It doesn't seem like that's his nature. I mean, it seems like he, he wants to be the guy who works hard, so maybe just a little bit of a mental a mental lapse and young yeah. and a learning moment. I don't know. What's your opinion, Carmen? Yeah, what was the score at the time? 3 nothing. I'm going to go. It's three, you're 3 nothing down. You just came back from international duty with Argentina. I think it's a mix of tired and a little bit over it, at least yeah. in that game. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I agree. So what I would say is that, the, you know, Almada, when he first came to Atlanta United and at the beginning of the season, one thing that I was really impressed with him is not only he doesn't play defense, but he when he loses the ball early in the season, he would chase like you wouldn't believe yeah. until we get back, right? And I think we have lost a lot of that. Yeah. I don't think that's because he's overall disinterested. He's still showcasing himself for Europe, so... Uh, I don't think that's the case. I think to me, as a young kid, he's a little emotionally drained. If I were a coach, I'd probably figure out a way to give him a little bit of time off, which is hard because, you know, we really, really need him. Um, And I think also he was probably a little frustrated being down 3 nothing, and that's what he doubled those things, and that's what happens. You can't give him time off just the way the MLS season works with so many international weird breaks during the MLS season. When you have an Almada, you have to play him, kind of. So I'll give Pineda that, that it's really hard to find a mental break for a player like Almada. Honestly, I disagree with that. I'll take that because we never went on the road ever anyway, yeah. right? So why not just – so we playing only once a week mostly. Now we've played a little bit more, yeah. but mostly you're playing the new schedule is once a week. Right. So why not just take one of the away games as a throwaway game, leave them at home, okay. and just say rest. Take, take five days off. Because New York Red Bulls is a bad team, and we need three points. But to- we're not going to win anyway. We've never won on the road with him. So <laughs> – you know, save him up. Try to get a fired up Almada, and you know, you know, maybe it's is better. Is it that for hard to win on the road in the MLS? I guess it is. Only if you're Pineda. I know. But I'm not saying that we shouldn't be trying to win on the road. We absolutely should right. with our team. I'm saying Pineda never wins on the road. Okay. So you know how many games he's won on the road in the last two, two seasons? Oh, maybe four. No, three. He won okay. two last year and one this year. Three games, Mikey Dobbs. 
right? How many games do we play in a season? What's it like 32, 34? 34. 34. 34. So 34 divided by two is 17. That's 17 opportunities, right? 34, if you include the two seasons, we're not all the way through the second season. So I don't know how many games in we are, but we're somewhere around uh, 21, 22, 23 away games, 23 opportunities, and we've won three. Mm. That's bumpkiss. Yep. It's terrible. So <laughs> this is a problem, but, um, you know, why not? Oh, Jim's trying to say positive here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back to positive. So I have a few. That's all I have for NYFC. So I have a few more reflections from the preseason. That was uh, NYFC. That was the Red Bulls. Sorry, Red Bulls. Yep. Uh, preseason reflections. Go yeah. back. Where did we get I'm it wrong? To find Where did we get it wrong? <laughs> Come on, there had to be one. It had wrong to be thing. somewhere. I couldn't find it. Um, so we really, really were concerned where a lot of people weren't that we were giving up a lot of goals in the preseason. Remember, mm-hmm. we talked about that a yep, lot. We did. Has that bo- sh- has I that borne out? <laughs> I forgot about that. We did, and, and and I tweeted about that. Look at it. I said, "Should we be concerned?" And everyone was like, "No, <laughs> no, we shouldn't be." It's just three quarters of the way into the season, or wherever we are, two thirds of the way through the season. Are we concerned now? We've given up the most goals in the MLS. Yeah, we should be concerned. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and the last thing that I would point out that we harped on is. We knew nothing about Miguel Berry, but we were worried based on his stats. Yeah, we, we hired a, a striker that had zero goals last season with DC United. Well, not just that. We went over actually like he had very few shots too. And we were like, that's concerning. And you're like, maybe it's you said because it was DC United was a shambolic team, which was true last season. And and we said, well, maybe hope is better. But I said, you kind of are who you are. Even if you're a bad team, you're not even getting shots. Yeah. Oh, y'all call. And are we, (laughs) is he getting any shots? No. All these people who are like, so even if, if you're like somehow watching this and you're convinced that Barry's going to be somehow come good this season, (laughs) There's another whole team with a different coach and a different personality. Last time, same result. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> but Dave, he's tall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I take, I take it all back. All right. And so then I wanted to bring up just because here's, uh, I don't know whether we're going to end with this, but um, so our predictions. So we, we didn't know, actually, the MLS playoff structure because it hadn't been announced. Oh, no, that's right. Um, so I just well, I will say, for those of you who are out there uh, and you don't even know, maybe people don't know what the playoff structure is. So seven teams are going to make it into the main draw right away. There are two teams that are going to play a one-card wild card for that eighth spot. After that, it's a tournament, eight, four, two, one. Yeah. Um, the first round is a best of three. Now, I pointed out, you can't have a best of three because we have something called a tie in soccer, right? So how do you have a best of three when you can have a tie? So the answer is that you can have a best of three because there will be no ties 
Any game that ends up in a tie in regulation goes directly to penalty kicks. Mm. So there will be a winner in every game, and it's the first team to win two games. Okay. How do we feel about that? That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I like the excitement of penalty kicks. Let's get it. Let's do it. Am I not? And then once we get to the final four and final, as we pointed out, single game again. Yeah. So it's playoff series to get to the last. I mean, I am structure is weird. I'm always a fan of the aggregate play. I think that's the best way yeah. to find out the yeah. best team. I mean, yeah. move it, when we moved away from that, I was not happy about it in the MLS to go to the single game. I know it's all American, like bracket, like you know, Final Four basketball. Like, but it really angers me when you have this long season and you know you're supposed to figure out who the best team is, and you just say okay. One game and that's it. Yeah. I don't know. With soccer, I think you should have two. And aggregate play is the way to go. Okay. So here were our predictions from the preseason. Are you ready, Mikey Dobbs? Are you ready, Carmen? I am ready. Okay. So we thought there was only going to be seven playoff teams. So Mikey Dobbs said that we would finish seventh, get the last playoff spot. Yep. Carmen said eighth. We would miss the playoffs by one. And I said that we would be eighth or ninth. We would either just miss by one or miss by two. We are currently six. And sliding. And sliding. But now, with this many games to go, which I'm not exactly sure I meant to look it up, but how do we like our predictions? Are you going to stick with your prediction or are you going to revise? It's it's the mid-season update. Well, it's not mid-season as much. We're getting into the stretch. Yeah, Yeah. in the stretch. The weird thing is we still don't have the MLS All-Star game, but the MLS All-Star game comes... Not halfway. Yeah. Pa- way past halfway. Huh. Okay. How many games have we played? Let's like pull probably up the table. 18 games, Let's something like that. Did 18? We're only one over half? No. Or 18 or 19 20. games. So yeah, maybe 20. 20. 20. So yeah. that means that we have 14 to go. So we're sort of two thirds. Okay. Two thirds. Hmm. Okay, so no more international breaks. So we have our people, right? I said seven. Well, we still have Did the I Gold say Cup. Seven? Miles Robinson Miles. is gone for the entire, you know, Gold Cup, which is a while. Did I He's say gonna miss seventh next or eighth? You said the last playoff spot at seventh. Okay. Now, we're going to revise this. So mm-hmm. so knowing what we were doing, you would kind of say, you would say last playoff spot, which would have been ninth. I'm holding strong. I can already tell you. Seventh. Seventh. Okay. Even with the uh, nine making the playoffs, you think you're going to finish seventh? Yes. What do we got? Okay. So we have Orlando is currently a point behind us in the game, and we've played one more game than they have. Montreal. I'm going to stick with eight. You stick with eight? I'm sticking with eight. And I'm sticking with eight or nine, and it, knowing now that nine make the playoffs, that we do make the playoffs at a terrible eight or nine. Yep. That's awful. There's no way. We're all sticking with nine. it. And you'll so nothing has changed in our opinion. Yeah, nothing's changed. Well, that's what kind of what I felt like in the preseason. We said a lot of things, and I was expecting to find all the things that we would want to take back and want to revise. And I don't think there's much. I don't. The, the one reason I stuck with seven there in my head as I analyze it is because there's not a lot of other good teams either. And if, if we can manage a bunch of ties, which I think we will throughout the remainder of the season – Tie, 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 tie. I think I think the word tie and draw is going to be very familiar for Atlanta. There's a possibility, though, that we implode. So we are actually now going into our hardest stretch of the season, schedule-wise. We're playing on the road. We're playing against teams that are in the upper half of the table. And as we've said, you know, we go back to what is it? What is Atlanta United this year? We are a tie 
or loss on the road against top teams. And we are a tie usually, maybe every once in a while a win, but basically only a tie on the road. So on the road, you can only ever say tie or loss. Play a good team, we lose. Play a decent team, we tie. And at home, we pretty much win against all the lower teams. We tie the weak teams. Against NYCFC. Yeah, that was... At that, home, I was there. I know, but that's what I said when we said against it. We said if you went with the formula, you would say, all right, weak team at home, we win. But with the internationals being gone, we downgraded out to a weak tie. <laughs> and we were right. I know. Just still angers me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think that's who we are. But if you look at now our, our mate, can you call up our schedule, Carmen, and talk about... Our next, let's say, five well, games. Let's talk about the next game, which is Philadelphia. Philadelphia this at home. Sunday, 4 o'clock, no. going to the game. Uh, so off. Philadelphia is fourth, fourth, but they are the hottest team in the MLS. The last nine games, they are seven wins, I think, and two ties. They haven't even – they're just killing people. So Predictions. Okay, what did we say? So we said that their keeper will not be Yeah, there. no Andre Blake. No so Andre that's Blake. a good point. You pointed that out. He's their best player. Yes. So. So I am, okay, and it's at home. Mm-hmm. So using the Dave Katz algorithm, yeah. which I'm sure is not an, actually an algorithm. I'm going to call it that. It is. It is. Um, I am going to say we, crap. Every time I'm optimistic, I get bitten in the ass. <laughs> But um, I'm going to go, we win 2-1. All right. You've messed up the algorithm. The Dave <laughs> algorithm, which I'm going to talk about here, is it's either going to be, a, it'll be a 2-2 tie or a 1-1 tie. Okay. So the algorithm says we're playing a really, really good team at home. And when we play a really, really good team at home, we get a tie. I think you can't go with a win. I can't see us beating Philadelphia. <laughs> so I nailed no it, right? Yeah. You got it right. So, you got so, it right. Is, so do you think it's to be a 1-1 one, one tie or a 2-2 two, two tie or a 3-3 three, three tie, Dave? Well, so be, Philadelphia is the best defensive team in the league. Right. Um, we are a good attack. We score a lot of goals. And we concede a lot of goals. So we're definitely going to give them one at least. We never get a shutout yep. ever. Um, uh, they are unlikely to concede more than one. <laughs> they haven't been giving up a lot of one. I, I think the numbers would say if we're getting a tie, you're, you're better off with a 1-1. One, 2-2 one. Two, two is hard. To, Philadelphia is hard to give up two goals. It could be. Yakamakis. But yeah, no goalie, get good. an extra goal. Hey, Philadelphia has never Oh, yeah, Andre no Blake. Yeah. I take that back. Yakamakis, too. So, man. Andre Blake means that we can score two goals in the game. Let's go with a 2-2 two, two You're draw. going 2-2? Two, two. Yeah, because I forgot. If Andre Blake is in the game, they don't give up two goals. I've no got way. the yeah, yeah. Dave. But he's really uh, good. You're on it. You're I am. on it. <laughs> and I keep going away from it with the optimism, and I keep I can see us. I can see us losing this game. Philadelphia is a very hot team, oh, and we boy. are in a funk. But I'll be optimistic and say 2-2 <laughs> two, two draw. That, that's sad at home to say yeah. we'll be optimistic with the draw, but I'm going to go 2-2 two, two draw. And do we have Miles? Is no, he, we no, don't. no, no, he's with the Gold Cup for the yeah. whole month. I thought they did the second team for the he's Gold the Cup. He's the only player 
Was the only, I think he's the only player who played in the Nations League and got called oh, out for the Gold Cup. Son of a gun. Okay. Because I don't think even Walker Zimmerman, who was the other MLS player who played in the Nations so. Cup, Wiley didn't get he called didn't up. Get called up. I no, think it's Wiley. like literally Matt Turner and Miles Robinson are like the only two people. Did you guys see the yeah. uh, the the video of Turner going yards on the <laughs> yeah, hitting baseballs baseball with yeah. the Cardinals yeah. in the batting cage? So evidently he played baseball in high school, but yeah. he was ripping him out of the park. I don't know if you saw that or not. I Carmen. saw it. And the only thing I could think of was he was going to get hurt because we all know dudes who know they're athletic. Right. I know you called it like cross training or whatever, Yeah, but they were like, oh, I can run a 10 like, second 50 or 100 like yards. Like Neuer who was skiing and tore his ACL. You know, they all think they can do something. Then they swing to hit a home run and but then they like tear something. And you get the abductor. Something. It is not easy to hit a baseball field out of a ballpark. I know. Even, even hit a baseball field. <laughs> yes. No, you mean a ball out of the oh, baseball. Yeah, right. But come on. It's not easy. I'm just exactly. Kidding. Which is why he needed to stop. Hit one, drop oh, the bat, drop walk the bat, off. Walk out. Yes, exactly. I don't know. Impressive. It was impressive though. All right. So Carmen well, We didn't we th- didn't finish our we squeak out a win. You and I think a two two draw. The Dave out Dave, Dave out. Yeah, but I wanted two-two. to look at the next five I'm overall. Sorry. Okay, next five. Yeah, next five. Sorry, um, because we then we play New England on the uh, road. Montreal. Oh, sorry, Montreal goes yep, good. So Montreal on the road, then New England on the road, Orlando at home, and Seattle on the road. So Montreal, New England, and Seattle. Call up the table, right? Go Montreal, back New England, Orlando, and Seattle, right? Right. So Orlando's seventh. Montreal is eighth. So they're mid- middle of the table. Right, but they're Orlando's home, but New England's still at number two. So we play number two on the road, number eight on the road, number seven at home, and Seattle go back over to the Western. The Western, right? Seattle is number three on the road. We are going to struggle. So that Uh. is you got to figure. Montreal's a good team. New England's a good team. And Seattle's a good team all on the road. The formula says those are all losses. Yeah, it does. formula says those are all losses. Mm-hmm. That's not good. So if we come out of that with two points, it would be... So you got to say we have... And the only home games are Philadelphia, who's the hottest team in all of MLS and one of the best teams. They're, I think they're going to end up in the first place yeah. in the East. Even though our algorithm right? says 2-2, two, two, a loss against Philadelphia is yeah. quite, possible. quite possible. So you got Orlando... At home, and even Orlando is a decent team, right? I don't see us. I mean, I say at most we win one, maybe get with one and a tie, something like so that. Four points is our max. If we get four points from that, we are going to be on the outside of the playoffs looking in when this next stretch. I think that's uh. fair. And then even on top of that, we play Nashville at home. They're a top team. Like, it doesn't get... We have the hardest stretch of the schedule coming now. Nashville, Cincinnati. Yeah, Nashville and Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Those are both at home, but those are the two two of the top teams in our conference. Those are ties, then. So you don't think in this window we're going to get another DP? Because this guy from... the the, moment, it doesn't look like it. 
France but, doesn't seem like it could be a DP no. player, right? So. He's a DP. No, 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 no. So we, is Bocanegra out there doing his job? So we, we've got a, a six coming in. Is that what that guy played? He's a Sosa replacement, right? Yeah, he's, he's a defensive midfielder. He's a, or box to boxer. Box and the box. and the weird thing is because of the international slots, that's why they saying Sosa. So either Sosa or Ibarra have to leave, um, based on. Yeah. So Sosa's gone, and we're getting this guy in, which is crazy. Do you think we're getting another midfielder too? If if at least our thinking like our midfield is so weak, does he double down and actually get a DP midfielder? I hope, but if you are bringing, could you in, imagine a stud coming in behind Almada? No, but here's the thing: if you were bringing in a designated player midfielder, and you had that plant, right? Or maybe you have a couple options. You were going to bring one in. Why in the world would you replace Sosa with this second division whatever guy? Because you would say, "All right, we that we now have." Even if you're like Sosa's way worse than Ibarra. Right. Um, then a Sosa becomes the backup. A bar. At least you have two defensive midfielders, and then you would say your designated player plays in front of them. Right. Yeah. So, and this guy, you might say, all right. Well, maybe the designated player feels. Um, I don't think he even would because it's a designated player. You don't take any one of those spots. But like, if you had to make room for an international or something, but I don't think there is any way in the world that you would make that move if you had a designated player coming in. So I'm going to take the bet. You want to take this bet? No. <laughs> <laughs> that we don't have another designated player in the mid in the center of the park coming in. I don't. Do you think we have a designated player coming in at all, though? We and, haven't heard any rumors about and, it, but you've got to figure and, yes. And if so, what do you think? It's going to be a winger? Or mm-hmm. a, for, a forward? Mm-hmm. That's the only other place that makes sense, right? There, yeah. Oh, or you know, Miles is leaving. You bring a center back in. Well, or the other way that the other thing that happens is they, the reason why they make that move is because they can't bring in a designated player in the center because they've made a deal with Miles that he's going to be the designated player. Right. So, how would you feel about that, Carmen? Mikey Dobbs, do you think it's worth using a designated player on Miles and being like, okay, you're going to be here for ah. another five years? Well, I'll let Carmen answer first. I say no. I don't want to you to play a center back to replace Miles is what you're saying. Use a designated player for that. Use no, it. use a oh. designated player on Miles on to Miles. keep him. Keep him. Oh. The only way he said he's going to stay Got is it. if he's made it. The only designated player defender yes. in the whole league is Walker Zimmerman. Got it. Who's the U.S. international? You know, the he's the Miles Robinson, right? Yeah. yeah. I say we keep it. I say we use it to keep him. What do you think, Mike Dobbs? I say we do not. And that is not a knock on Miles Robin. He's worth every penny of a designated player. Mm-hmm. I think my gut says that he wants a new chapter, uh-huh. that he wants to be in Europe. Mm-hmm. And I think that the team should find a way to make a good move. And and this is total speculation, right? Yep. So maybe he wants to stay here. And if, if he does want to stay here, great. Yes, absolutely a DP spot. But it's not what I sense for a player that's got aspirations, got the talent that he has. He should develop in Europe at this point and should happen, if not this transfer window, definitely during the winter. I think that, you know, for him, I hope that he gets his shot, and I think he's deserving of a shot in Europe. He's that good. Um, From a club standpoint, 
I would absolutely offer him a designated player spot. And if he's willing to take it, I would take it. Now, before, when I offered him that, I would say, look, you know, when, if you take this, we're going to make you a five-year contract. You're probably going to spend your entire career in the MLS. You'll be an Atlanta United hero forever. And But I want to make sure that you're comfortable with that. Okay, now you're an educated agent for Miles. Yep. And you're like, you're being coached under Pineda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. That, yeah, this is an sure. important, important question of his yeah. development. Yep. Be like, hey, it doesn't matter what they offer you. Like, that's great that they offered you the designated player spot, give you yep. the respect that you do deserve. Yep. Is this how you want to develop the next two, three years under a team that is probably going to continue to struggle if Lagerway continues to let this coach, um, you know, not let you be put in the best position to have trophies, have success, have confidence. So much confidence is important for a player of mild stature right now that he needs to be on a winning team ASAP. And I don't believe Atlanta United as much as I love Atlanta United because I'm doing a podcast on them. We need to be winning again, but I don't see it in our future, Dave, unless there's some new coach that comes in and gives miles like some spark. Well, I'm going to, Agree and disagree with you. So okay. agree with you that if I'm Miles Robinson, I would say no way Jose I would never take the spot. He's done all he has to do. He's won a title on MLS. He's made himself, uh, you know, probably the starting center back on the on the t- on the World Cup, you know, team. You know, he's got nothing to prove here. Um, the the down the the thing that I would disagree with you is that if he goes to Europe. He's not being offered a spot on a top five or seven team. He's going to be on a team that's losing a lot. Um, so that's that's just a fact of life. Um, he will be a great player on that team. I would, if I were okay. him, so I would be I- sure. Wait, hold on. I would be sure and not do what stupid Matt Turner and stupid Zach Steffen did, uh. and go to a place where you don't have an, a, a clear starting spot. Okay, clear starting spot. So Tyler Adams, your boy. Place for a poor Leeds United and it got yep. got relegated. Yep, I think he was better off playing for Leeds United than for an MLS team. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying there's a problem with that, but I'm just saying if you said he felt like he needed confidence to play for a winning team, he thinks he needs to be well, playing in Europe and challenging himself. If you're playing in Europe and you're starting, then yeah. your confidence is high. So yeah, it, doesn't, well. it doesn't matter if it's a losing Leeds United. Is more my point. You're getting you're getting action in the better league. And if I were a chasing pack team, you know, not one of the big six, if I were a chasing pack team and Aston Villa, a, you know, one of the teams in there, uh, I would sign Miles Robinson a heartbeat. Because yeah. if you sign an English defender, if you sign a French defender, they're going to cost you 30, 40 million, whatever, right. at least. Low, low risk, high right? reward. Miles Robinson, you can get for what? 10 the yeah. most i don't think oh, you're even paying 10. Not even 10. Yeah. i think you're paying yeah. five seven seven yeah i mean if i were atlanta united i would hold out for more than that yeah but they don't have it they don't have anything well no actually, leverage. i take that very back. little leverage we're we're, we're 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 not thinking we're getting nothing for him because his contract, contract is up. done so oh yeah we're not getting in transfer, transfer fee. Fee. okay yeah sorry well we're just talking well 
it's an interesting concept. So that's even better. Of what if you're in Aston Villa or one of those teams or whatever, you get a free transfer with yeah. Miles Robinson, the guy who's going to start in the center back for the U.S. national team. Heck yeah. Yeah. I would sign him in a heartbeat. Yeah. What salary do you pay him in Europe? I just give him what the average center back in that tier makes. I mean, I don't think it's going to take that much. You don't have to like make him some super offer. I don't think so. All right, Dave. Yep. So we just talked about the prediction a minute ago about Philadelphia. We haven't talked about League's Cup mm. starting in three weeks. Right. July 21st. Inner Miami takes on Cruz Azul. It is 47 teams, Carmen, between Ooh. Liga MX and MLS. The two top teams. Uh, LAFC, who won in 2022, gets a bye. Okay. And the team with the most combined points in La Clasura and Apatura in Liga Amakis, which is uh, Pachuca, I believe, mm. also gets a bye. All right. So they get to sit out the group stage. Okay. The group stage is 45 teams amongst the other, uh, between both leagues. Um I think it's 15 groups with three teams in each group. So that's like World Cup yep. instead of okay. instead of four, four. teams in each okay. group. It's three. three teams in each group, and there's right. 15 groups. Oof. Keep me honest, Dave. You're right. And Everything then I, be right. I believe there's only two matches in those group Correct. stages. You play each of the teams. Play each of Robin. the teams. And the top two, or the, yeah. The, I think it's just top one. No, the top two. First... First, first and second. First and second. Oh, move really? On. Yeah. Oh. So there's actually. Easy to advance. And then there's a lot of single elimination. Right. So the World top, Cup style. Top two at, to make it to the round of 32. Yeah. You just need to. to yeah. And not, then it's a bloodbath. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there is. A, so for Atlanta United fans, there is another chance for us to see Messi. If my. Keep me honest. Somebody comment on YouTube yes. or. July maybe, 25th. We're playing Inner Miami in the League's Cup at Miami. Correct, at Miami. But there might be a chance for us to see Miami at home again, not the September 9th MLS game. But if, if I'm right here, if we and Miami advance out of our group yeah. against Cruz Azul, yeah. then we both kind of jump to the table in the south. Okay. And no if we went, if Miami and Atlanta win again, we play each other. Now you're stretching it. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of winning. We got to both finish above Cruz as well, and then we have to both win Correct. the next round. It's not I just, happening. I just want to say that there's a possibility. <laughs> it's not happening. Not happening. I thought you just meant we were going to get to see Atlanta. But it's awesome I did that Messi. research, though, right? Yeah, yeah. I was very yeah. impressed by that. That yeah. was very impressive. And Mikey the other thing I wanted to know is what day is the Gold Cup final? Mm, I don't know. What do we need? Gold Cup final? Yeah. yeah. Gold Cup Ooh. Final 2023. See how Google's generative AI answers that. Because uh, I'm a part it? of the Google search experience. What is that? It's like a chat GPT built into Google, oh, which will be hard. coming to the mainstream probably end of the summer here. Mm. Once they I think test. July 26th. Uh, July 16th, sorry. Yes, July 16th. So, so that actually means that we will have all of those MLS players from the Gold Cup, including Miles Robinson, back for the League's Cup. Mm. Even if we get to the final, which yep. we may or may not with this squad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
That's a lot of soccer people. And on top of all of that, we have the Women's, Women's World Cup. Cup. Cut to Carmen. Carmen, do you want to comment on the roster? Do you have any things uh, that you loved or not? Nothing that I've really loved. It was pretty much expected. There were a few yeah, wild cards, right? A few. What was what, De, De Mello? Was that her yeah, name? Savannah DeMello, De yeah. who was not really on the radar. I don't yeah. think she's had a cap for nope. the U.S. Women's <laughs> National team, makes the team and makes the team. You gotta love that. I do love that. Um, <laughs> I was being sarcastic. I love it. <laughs> no. I actually love it. No, you do I, not take it to players in the World Cup who's never been capped. I like it better than like bringing. I know you bring people who've played before for like the experience in the locker room. Their first ever soccer match. And all of that. I still love it. I don't know. I think it's exciting. Somebody, but like, who is it? Ooh. Kelly O'Hara. Okay. Uh, uh, Sonnet, Emily Sonnet. I'm like, ugh. I don't know. I just feel like there could have, you know, I, I don't think we have a chance. I don't think we're going to win it no, this I don't year. Either. So yeah. what do you think about the parachuting in of Julie Ernst? Don't like and it. And she's now and I going to be our starting defensive midfielder for sure. I don't like What it. else are you going to do? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't like it. I just feel like, I mean, God bless her. But, you know, I do feel like she does bring an energy. She does bring experience. But I just don't think, because she's been back maybe two months, if that. If that. If that. So, I mean, I honestly, I would take the person playing in her first one over Julia. It's coming back. Now, uh, who are they? She says you don't be back for two months and she's not going to play. And then you want to take the, the first take, ever player. But at least she's been playing. Uh, she has been playing, right. you know, consistently for a few years where Julia Ertz has come All back right. from maternity leave. God bless her, like I said. But she's only been playing for two months. Okay. Who are the top four countries going into the World Cup? Who do we say? England. England. Germany. Yep. Spain. Spain, But Spain, a couple of players have refused to play. Oh, that's so they're right. not quite the team. But yeah, those are the big ones. England, Germany, and Spain. Br- where's Brazil rank in there? They've mm. traditionally been really good, but their squad's not great. Not great this no. summer. No. All right. Because mm-hmm. Brazil refuses to support women. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of struggling. Well, what the- do we have one more question. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Sauerbrunn being. Uh, <gasps> it broke my heart. But Even- do you think it. Bad for the team? I do. Really? I do. Because Sauerbrunn, while I don't like for like I said, O'Hara and Sonnet, I'm like, oh, you know, experience in the locker room. But there's something about I mean, she was the captain. Yeah. And for her to be out and be out so late in the game, I think does change it up a bit. I like the other two center backs better. You do? Yeah, I think our and Stanford person. Yeah, I think I think they're better. I think our defense got better. Oh, not as experienced, know. not as veteran, but better. I, I maybe it's just because I love Becky Sauerbrunn. I've yeah, loved her okay, for yeah. But she's she's not young and she's not pacey anymore. She and definitely is not pacey. But me, I don't think either of our center backs re- remaining are a lot pacier than Sauerbrunn. Well, at this okay. age, at this age, okay, okay. They look like Sauerbrunn when she was you know ten years ago, which was not pacey, but pacey enough. Pacey enough. Okay. Well, so we'll I actually think that it's addition by subtraction. I think our center back pairing is better than it was with Sauerbrunn. Okay. That's my hot take. Okay. Um, Julie Ernst, they have to go with her because the defensive midfield, Andy Sullivan's been a disaster. Um, he had, what, two years to figure out who a defensive midfielder was and did nothing. Nothing. And couldn't figure it out. It was like, oh, Haran can play there. She I doesn't think, play any defense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. 
Yeah. It was a disaster. Like, why he never thought that, okay, this is a problem. I better at least try some back. You know, for example, you could have had these two playing the center back, and Salabrun could have been the defensive midfielder or something like that, some smart, good in the tackle. Like, at least I would have tried that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, what do you say? All he said was that I totally failed, and so I went back with Julie Ernst. So in case you don't know out there, Julie Ernst um, had a baby, yeah. and she was she hasn't played soccer for two years. Ooh. That's she it. was our best player in the last oh, World Cup. She was amazing. Fantastic. But she hasn't played soccer in two years. She came back. She's played like eight weeks, yeah. and she's now going to be the starting defensive midfielder. How Have you seen any games she's played in? in those yeah, games? she looked rusty. She <laughs> did look rusty. It was like all effort, but not like the kind yeah. of like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but no, the I other get up yeah. to speed in a hurry. Yeah, I mean she's good. Maybe she could do it if she does yeah. it. More power to her. I, I, you have to do it if you're him at this right. point. You have at no choice. Point, yeah, yeah, don't mess with mom. But he screwed it. He screwed <laughs> it up. Yeah, like the fact that that's their only option is totally on Andalowski. Right, and I mean, let's and honestly, besides the roster, the coach. I'm, I'm not for the coach, and I don't think he's a. He's not going to help us. He Win might be World worse Cup. than Pineda. Ugh. He really may be. So I don't, I, you know, and he oh. did have a bunch of injuries thrown at him, but even with that, he was going to Players seem to like him, though. I don't get it. So I want to, we didn't get it when we talked about U.S. soccer earlier yeah. on the men's side. We, we, right. didn't, we didn't get into, we talked about it in the previous podcast. We know <laughs> uh, Greg Burhalter is coming back. But Dave, you went back to one of our previous podcasts where we talked about this. Three months ago, yep. mm-hmm. when uh, the Gio Reyna, Greg Burhalter investigation <laughs> report came out, that was the big drama of... We're of, talking about it all, people. Yeah, Let's we're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. But no, I, I went back and watched the, the... I said, I sat here and I said, there is 0.01% <laughs> chance that Greg Burhalter is going to get the job. It makes no sense right now because... Even though, like, I agree, like, I felt like he did nothing wrong uh, in terms of not having an opportunity to get rehired. He had a decent World Cup. Wasn't amazing, but it was decent. Uh, he seemed to have a team playing well. Um, doesn't seem like we have a lot of other options that are, like, begging for the job right now internationally. So it wasn't like I was like, Greg Berhalter is the worst. I, and I have never been a person who's, like, been a Greg Berhalter hater, right? I just felt like at that moment, three months ago, with all of the press that was happening with women's soccer and the abuse that was happening with coaches and players and uh, professional women's soccer, and that that report coming out, which resurfaced, mm-hmm. you know, something that happened 22 years ago with Greg Berhalter and his wife that got buried, right? It was just too messy, right? And we talked about it, and Dave said, after I said 0.0% chance, Dave said... He leaned back and said, you know, I got to disagree with you, Mike. He said, he said, I think it's 50-50. And then he even, he actually went further on to say, you know what? I would say that it's actually more probable he did. than yep. it is 50-50. I said, U.S. soccer is so bad yeah. that I think they would probably do probably, that. And, and, and I said, no way, Dave. I no said, way. no way, too. Both of us were like, Carmen, no. Carmen, fl- Carmen flipped but, out was like, no. I was like, no way. But if you watch the podcast, we're all kind of saying that a little bit in just knowing yep. how backwards the system is. And so it all happened, right? So he's back, right? He's good. He's the, so I, back. I want to ask you this question, Dave. Yep. 
are you happier with Greg Berhalter as the coach of the U.S. men's national team going into the World Cup in 2026 or Jesse Marsh? Go. <laughs> oh, Berhalter. Okay. So you're happier. Yeah. Okay. Because that what seems like the... That's an easy one. But I still don't want Burhalter. Well, right. So there are other coaches out there in the world besides former so, U.S. Okay. internationals. Then let's Mikey stop Dobbs. for a second. So you're saying that <laughs> Matt Crocker came in, yep. and refused to go ambitious and try to interview uh, other candidates that are, you know, Pochettino level that might might entertain an interview. You think that everybody's like, no, we don't want that job. Apparently, they went after Zidane, which was never going to happen. So that's a pipe dream. Okay. But even some of the other coaches that were mentioned, like apparently they made a serious run at Thierry Henry. What the hell? Thierry Henry, who was an, uh, one of my favorite players, yeah, zero resume as a his coach. coaching right. record is terrible. Exactly. What? Who does a coaching search and goes after a coach with a terrible record? Now, Zidane has an amazing cup record, an amazing record overall. So, you know, I, Zidane would be great. But no way Zidane was coming, and he turned it down right away. So well, do, do, hold on. Surely there have to be people who have a good coaching record. Yeah, well, only in the U.S. that are part of the people, the people we've already mentioned, which are Caleb Porter yep. and uh, Chirundolo, you mentioned, was maybe mm-hmm. at number two to Caleb Chirundolo, I, you know, I think is, is a good, really good coach, but, you know, this is only a second season, so yeah, I wouldn't offer him the spot. Correct. So you're only realistic that you would have been happier with, if I'm Dave, and there's a winner between Jesse Marsh and Greg Berhalter. It had been Caleb Porter. Been happier there? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. Tata so, Martino, happier. Yeah. Tata um, Martino, happier. Yeah. Probably would have taken the U.S. Pro- job. Probably would have taken the U.S. job. And then, yeah. over then the we Miami could have job. Yeah. flipped a finger at Mexico and be like, and we wouldn't have all to- those people in Mexico were like, oh, he's not that good or whatever. I'm like, the yeah. team had imploded. But the, the, the silver lining on that is, though, that. Probably the reason that Messi came to Inter Miami is that the Tata job was also being aligned with that whole deal. Yeah, I think they they, and, they lit. Yeah, that would, had to. Have that been. was yeah. Messi. If you come, we'll get Tata. We'll and get Tata, Tata said, "If you hire, get Messi, Messi. I'll come." Yeah, exactly. Right. So, so I think that's good for MLS. Is what I'm saying. I'll yep. take I'll take that over. Uh, yep. him being the coach of the U.S. team. I mean, Better unfortunately, the top coaches in MLS are. The ones I think would be great candidates are so young, Chirundolo and Pat Noonan in Cincinnati, who's just been lights out as a coach. Yeah. I mean, this is his second season. They had never been in the playoffs, right? His first season, they were finished, what, fifth and make the playoffs? And his second season, he has them in first place. <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. That's coaching. Yeah. And anybody who says to me that it's not all about the players and it has nothing to do with the coach. What? So suddenly the same Cincinnati players are like way better. Brandon Vasquez. Yeah, but they had Brandon Vasquez the year before when they finished out of the playoffs too. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm calling your it's coaching. The only other coach who's done it for a while in the U.S. is Jim Curtin at Philadelphia. Uh, I would have been happier with him. Um, even though I feel like he has this gimmicky system or whatever, and it's not necessarily best suited to you know the players or whatever, I would still have hired him. 
Um, over Jesse Marsh and Burhalter? Yep. I wouldn't have taken him over Burhalter. Yeah, I would have. Yeah, so Burhalter totally get- effed up some qualifiers. I mean, epically effed them yeah. up. We went up over the starting lineup that he decided to go with in, in the one. Do you think he's really learning, blew. though? No. You don't? Okay. No, he's arrogant as hell, and he's never going to learn about anything. He doesn't doesn't learn from his mistakes at all. Do you think coaches are arrogant? Most of them are, of course. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ah, you like that? Hey, he wanted to do this whole episode on me proving that I was wrong, Carmen, on the Greg Berhalter thing. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> Shabang. <laughs> no, but you have to be to be good. You yeah, know? you have to have a lot of confidence to be good. Yeah. But but arrogant to the point where you not learn from your mistakes? No. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to, you know, if things aren't going well, you have to you know, right. switch something up. So I, I think that Burhalter did really poorly with some of his qualifying things. Now, you know, to be fair, on the flip side, he did beat Mexico a few times in a row. He's done pretty well. Uh, I, you know, it worries me. The re- One of the most important reasons why... Um, so coaching wise, we got in the world cup, we got out of our group. That was okay. I mean, he got absolutely completely out coached in the Dutch match. Right. So that doesn't bode well. And you're like, look, can we do better? Like, so, so that's one problem. And then on top of that, the whole Gio Reyna thing, which is just baggage. I'm not saying he's, it's his fault, but it is now baggage. Now what I feel about Burhalter, I think Burhalter wait for it, is a very just above average coach. He's a good coach. But can we do better? I don't know that we can. So that's the question. That's the question. But his MLS record for... Apparently dragging interim coach to second interim coach to drag on the search, Matt Crocker, the new outsider from England... Didn't think, didn't think we could do well, that. Well, for example, Greg Berhalter was the Columbus crew coach for years. They never got close to winning the title, right? After he leaves, two years after he leaves, Caleb Porter becomes the Columbus coach and wins the title. At the same club. Yeah. So don't you think that puts him a bit step up? I don't know a lot about the... Uh, now, here... here I, hold on. Right. I don't know a lot about the Columbus crew, but I do know they went through some ownership stuff that, yes uh they, they were about to fold if i'm not mistaken right no they were wanting to move they were going to move to austin. austin right but I, I and i don't know where that falls in the timeline is all i'm saying um with, it did fall in the timeline so but they didn't change the ownership i know but that's still no they did change ownership they did change ownership right yeah i, I um I, yeah, all sorry. i'm i'm just pleading ig- ignorance is all i'm saying i'm saying you tell me did that play a role in in Coaching, because I mean, when ownership's a shit show, it doesn't matter how good of a coach is in there. Sometimes, you know what's interesting though, and I'll give you this. You know, I'm always saying like I don't know who these people personally, yeah, and that's an issue. Maybe there's skeletons in their closet. You know, Galtier, the guy who I was really high on, who I said also had an amazing record, but I didn't know personally. Whatever, you know what happened yesterday? No, Galtier was arrested for racism. Racism. Arrested for racism? Yes. How do you, what, what country? Know. In exactly. France. In you can France. be arrested for racism. Yeah, for, oh. you can be arrested for racism. Yeah. It's some Just horrible things. Say, saying some things or, yeah. I don't know whether he said things or did, but anyway, he, he, he got arrested. 
That not good. So, you know, and I don't know. So Caleb Porter, I don't know. You never know. One of the things, the reason why I say that is, you know, Caleb Porter got fired twice for clubs within a year of after winning the title, which seems kind of weird. That is So maybe he has other something or others, ABs and Cs. He's about to be arrested for racism. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... Uh, um, we've reached the so end we, you of know, the internet. Well, you know, the interesting <laughs> thing is I said, look, he was going to be so good for Paris Saint-Germain, right? And then he, he did really, really well for a long time, and then it kind of got, you know, off the rails or whatever. And it turns out he's a really good coach of white people. Huh. So he had all these teams <laughs> that he did really well for. But I think he actually is a racist, and he had some trouble with Paris Saint-Germain because they have black players like Mbappe, who's really good, and, you know, even Neymar, who's not really quite white. So (laughs) this is when, this is where, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so what I'm saying is that the issue is, as all I can do is evaluate the record, right, and that... There is also a coach under there. But, and do I think Altier is actually a terrific coach? He's still a terrific coach. But I happen to think, yeah. turns out he's an asshole, right? Yeah, but, and especially, you know, I mean, you look at, you put an algorithm or an AI behind that and they can figure that out. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, so, you know, we don't know. Right. Well, it doesn't mean they're racist. It means they're biased, at least, is the best way to put it, right? Yeah. There's bias. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So at the very least, though, Burhalter has the locker room. It sounds like all the players... Yep. Maybe besides Jeremy. And I really (laughs) felt, I said this over and over, that he was really good about, you know, rotation, like, and had plans and things like that. I I think tactically he's a mediocre at best. And I'm like, with our golden generation at home, this team, you know what the bar should be Hmm. at home with this team? At least semis. Semifinals. And do I think Burhalter is going to get us there? I think we get in a knockout game and we can get out coached and lose. Oh, here's where I think you're wrong. Yeah. Right. So B plus performance of the last World Cup with Burhalter. Yep. Right. Out of the group stage, get beat by all accounts a better Dutch team. You say out coach. I say just a better team. Just, Wasn't a better team. Yeah, they're, no, they're not a great team. The Dutch. They're really not. They have a good team, but we have a really good team, too. I think, honestly, on paper, it's about even, or maybe we were the better team. And we got crushed in that game. Yeah, I saw that coming, though. It was just they were a better we team. We got totally outcoached so, in that game. Anyway, give, give, give the team a B-minus, B-plus for making it out of the group stage. Sure, I, I give them a B-plus anytime the U.S. gets out of right? the group in the World Cup. So, so okay, the next, the next thing is of success is the quarterfinals, right? Yeah, we've already been to one quarterfinal. We've only been to one. So we've ne- been to a semifinals so, back when they had four teams. So, so now, <laughs> so now you've got Greg Berhalter coming back for a second stint. Yep. To bring them, which back. is always terrible, and they didn't acknowledge that. That's the other part. Good thing for you for bringing that up. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, just the stop, second just time the coaches right, historically right been horrible. Okay. Oh, you're on the record. Second time's terrible. But you know what is also on the record yep. here over yep. here? This guy. Yeah is we're playing on home turf yes, most of the time. Which is awesome. Yeah. And what's the record say home turf with? Amazing. Okay. So we definitely have that advantage, which is Burholter or not, that's a huge advantage for Burholter. Yeah. Yes. And you could argue that he's the right coach for it and that 
He's a team leader. All you need at home. Mm-hmm. The crowd's going to be fired uh-huh. up. Uh-huh. And he also, I the other thing I'm going to say is that the way he coaches, which is sort of an attacking, pressing kind of style, sits the team. Okay. So keep walking this dog with me. All right. All right. So <laughs> now I'm using the Dave Katz algorithm, right? So yep. adv- advantage home court. Yep. Now, do, sure. you, do you think that uh, Gio Reyna is going to be a better or worse player? Under ball, Hartsley, I mean? No, just by in 2026. Oh, it should be way better. Better. Player. Okay. Is our striker situation likely better with uh, this guy? That uh, He should be, but it's just one, and you can't rely on just one. I mean, anybody who thinks that right now we know exactly what the team is going to look like in 2026 is crazy. That's, that's fair. That's I'm going to go better. Okay, better. Better, better than right? Ballo? No, no, I think oh. Ballo. Oh, Ballo helps Ballo, us be better. Yes, okay. helps ba- us be better. But Ballion's also young, right? So unless he gets, yeah, a, gets, a super ma- young. gets a major injury or has like, like, he should be better. Very promising. Same with yes. Gio Reyna, okay? Very Ty- promising. Tyler Adams. Very promising. Going to be better. Matt Turner. Still going to be around? No, Matt Turner is going to be out of the picture. I think so. Just sold himself to Arsenal and gone. Like, come Which on. Which is fine. I'm, you know, I mean, you we'll cannot be the regular U.S. national team goalkeeper if you do not play. So Zach Steffen, they just decided, announced that they're going to release him from his contract at Man City. Oh. And so he's free to sign with anybody. He's going to sign with a good team, and he's going to go right past Turner because he's playing. Disagree. He's a better oh. goalkeeper anyway. Disagree no. on it's which part. He's always been a better Matt goalkeeper. Matt Turner is a better goalkeeper no. at this point. No. Than Zach Steffen? Yes. No. He is. Okay. Okay. Zach Steffen's fallen off the cliff. He, he hmm. I, it, it happened, he's gone. Really? Yeah. When Wait, he, when, he's never played. It's just like what Turner's fallen off a cliff because he doesn't play. Middlesbrough and all that. Like he's, I watched enough interviews with him. He's a head case. Really? He is. So the Manchester, wait, hold on. The Manchester City assistant coach. Turner. Manchester City assistant coach um, just got hired. Which club did he get hired at? One of the Premier League clubs. What was it? The Manchester City assistant coach. And he, the first thing he did was inquire about, he knows Zach Steffen personally, and the first thing he did was inquire about him and it, as for his team. Now, who I am? I'm Matt Turner. Who cares if you can hit a baseball? You're a soccer oh, goalkeeper. <laughs> it's called confidence. Who cares? I don't know. I feel like with a goalkeeper, you got to play. Hey. You got to play. You've got to play. Matt, Matt Turner has been on the bench for how long now with Arsenal? The entire season. He played like four games. How did he look? in the cup. How did he look with the U.S. Men's National Team every start? Rusty. No, he didn't. Yes, not. he did. His decision-making looked rusty. Carmen. Well, his shot-stopping, I think, Shot-stopping looked good, which looked is always good. his thing. His decision-making he looked rusty. He, he's right. Shot-stopping, which is, I mean, at the end of the day, though, he you do want He a couple of really bad decisions that he got lucky Zach about. Zach Steffen's made a bunch of bad decisions from watching Yeah, because he wasn't playing either. At Middlesbrough, I've seen him make a, t- a bunch of terrible decisions. I he's don't watch Middlesbrough. I'm I do. I've seen some middle Middlesbrough's game with really, yeah, yeah. I mean, there must be a reason he didn't make the last team, but I feel like if Leicester with, City, that's the one. So that they now have the uh, they have the former Manchester City coach just moved to Leicester City. It's not a Premier League team because they got relegated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they are looking to target him. Okay. Same spot he was in before with Middlesbrough. 
Yeah, well, still take it over sitting on the bench at Arsenal. I wouldn't. He's getting the best training in the world. He's with a team that knows how to win. Great coaching. No. Yep. Not playing? You're not playing for me. Goalkeeper? Fresh, yeah, goalkeeper. healthy. No, goalkeeper is even worse no. because goalkeepers even Disagree. more than other players. Goalkeeper, all they need is five games in a row to get those little rusty things out, and then you'll stop complaining about the crap that you're complaining about. <laughs> he's a shot stopper. He's a gamer. Give him five games in a row, and he'll be ready to go, Dave. I think he's a great healthy. goalkeeper, but he's not a great goalkeeper not playing. Well, when it leads up to 2026, give him seven games in a row wherever, and he'll be ready to go. I am right if on you, this one, Carmen. You, I, go, I mean, the bet, which is not, I mean, we'll never remember this at that time. The bet is, is Matt Turner the starting goalkeeper at the World Cup in the U.S. Or if Zach, or Zach Steffen? What no, you no. If he's not not with Zach Steffen, who the alternative? If he's not no, the I'm, starter at no, Arsenal, we're talking about Zach Steffen and Turner here, and you're saying Steffen's better. I'm just saying. Right oh, now. here's the bet: the starting goalkeeper for the World Cup. In the U.S. is going to be a goalkeeper who is starting with his club. That's likely, yeah. And I would, yeah, say, yeah. yeah, that's highly likely. But I would also say that. And is Matt, Matt Turner going to play for his club next year? No, maybe once. No, their goalkeeper is completely entrenched. Once Ramsdale breaks his ACL, dude, I'm telling <laughs> you, he's coming. Tears it. I'm telling you, he's coming in. This is going to be my prediction right here. Okay, here it comes. What's and, happening? And What's Dave, happening? Dave even said this. He never would wish harm on anyone. Yep. Yes. That's true. But we do not. I'm being a jerk here, and I'm using that as an example. <laughs> I love Ramsdale. He's a great goalkeeper. I like him. I hope he doesn't. I hope he gets traded or whatever. <laughs> um, but shit happens. Uh, Stuff yes. does happen. Stuff does happen. That's yeah. what Zach Steffen said. And yeah. then he sat on the bench and sat on the bench. And, and it, did Ederson ever get hurt? No. That's exactly what Zach Steffen well, said. N- nor, that is, nor has that happened at Arsenal with Turner so far. Yeah. But it's going to. No. Or, I don't know. I, no. feel if, I almost feel like if Ramsdale gets hurt, they bring in another keeper to play in front I don't of. think so. I don't know. I just, I just This is going to be an interesting it. one here. <laughs> I agree with Carmen. I disagree with both of you. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Turner's going to have some, some moments in club play. This okay. is my prediction okay. on the bet. That are are good in Europe. Nope, he's too good of a player. Wait, say it again. What was your? What was he's your... going to have some good moments in Europe in the future, in the very near future, next two or three years, leading into the World Cup. I think there's some up and coming goalkeepers even in MLS that could be better. Who's that? Yeah, I'm trying to. Remember. I was trying to. Knew you were going to say that. I can't remember their names. Yeah. Um, They're not Matt Turner. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm still not. I'm still never convinced that Matt Turner is really better than. Well, how old is Matt? Sean Johnson. I think they said 28 or 29. Hold on. 28, 29. He's, if he's 30. 20, if he's 29, I'll back off the. I'll back off a little bit of the gas. I don't. I didn't think he was that old. I think he's older than Zach Stefan even. Yeah, I think it's like Zach Stefan's only like 27. I think Stefan is 28, 28, and Matt Turner is like a year older. Let's see. 29. 29. All right. Well, goalkeepers can play. Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm staying I'm st- staying strong. You just watched him hit a baseball. You got all juiced up, and you're excited about it. You can just admit that you're wrong. No. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I mean, don't get me wrong. Keepers are very important. 
Very important. Very, 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 very important. A.K.A. Blake. Yes. How old is uh, Brad Guzon? Oh, gosh. 36. 36? 37. Yeah. I still think it's something like that. Yeah. You're real old. So. <laughs> he's not old for this earth, but he's old no, for he's soccer. No, he's old for soccer. 38. <laughs> yeah. He real old. Yeah. So he's 10 years old. And he's showing it. His reflexes are not good. Right. Yeah. Are we That's done? Sad. Are we done with this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We're at two hours. You're the, you're the one who keeps saying that. <laughs> but, uh, We're gonna go watch that clip of Pineda talking about his oh, preference. I want to see this to watch his. Can we open up the next podcast? Just play the clip and then play it every single clip until he's gone. Yes, every single one. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Somebody it. shut it down. <laughs> Have a good 4th of July, everybody. Yeah. Happy safe. birthday, America. Don't breathe in too much of that Canadian smoke. It'll make you loopy. <laughs>